Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Reload Podcast. This is episode 77. I'm Nigel Lamont, and I'm joined as usual by Lee Maxwell and Connor McCann. We actually have two Connors today. Yes, this so is going to be confusing. Very pleased to say that today we'll be joined by special guest Connor Old. Hello, Connor. Hi, how are things? You can tell the difference, though. My name sounds like it has two ends on it, and his name sounds like it has one end on it, so just listen for that. Mm. That'll not confuse it's anyone. Subtle difference. No. Mine it sounds is. like it's spelled correctly. And Pretty oh, much, yeah. yeah. All right. Can't argue with the guest. <laughs> I'm going to have a bottle of the Connors here. So. I will argue with Nigel, though. Oh, it's absolutely. episode 78. Is it 78? <laughs> I think so. Is it? Right. Sure, letter flu. Okay. It's an episode something. Uh, previous episode was episode 70. And, uh, <laughs> it was uh, the Christmas party. Any thoughts on that? Or? I don't have much thoughts that night, anyway. No. Well, good bit of feedback on it. People seem to enjoy the fact that we get on and get absolutely hammered and then talk shit. Yeah, the usual. The only difference is we're hammered and we usually do talk shit. <laughs> well, we'll add as well. I don't know if we just describe this to start. We're saying to Connor here that we did plan to record about an hour and a half earlier than we started. And we were pretty steaming by the time we did start. Yeah. Yeah. Had so. quite a few heavilies at that stage. Yeah. What was I drinking? No, I was straight on the Jack Daniels because it was like, oh, we'll, we'll top it up quickly. Yeah. Gentleman Jack. Yeah, you had the down a couple of something. There was, yeah. A few of the listeners had messaged in saying they had the down and stuff. It was like, oh, and then I wasn't going to. And then you were like, oh, do it. And I was like, okay. It's harder pressure into it, yep. Peer pressure is a terrible thing. But it was good fun. It was nice to relax. And Definitely th- was. This time of year, as we will learn here as well, there's not much automotive news. No, so there's not much news. Uh, this will be going out in the new year, so happy new year to... Yeah, people will be driving to work, so... This is the second day back at work for a lot of people. We've a sort of we've had a sort of mini break, and now we're back. And so, sorry, you going to say something? No, no, go on ahead. Um, just to kick things off, I have a callback from I think it was the last episode. Go for it. It was the A two Future Classic. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Andy Maxwell was talking to him last week, and he was saying you're all wrong. It is going to be a Future Classic. Lee, a fellow Listen, Maxwell shitting on you. Everybody's allowed to be wrong sometimes, and Andy, in this case, is the one who's wrong. Well, he brought out some interesting uh, facts about it. Basically, it was an all aluminium. Connor agrees with Andy. I, I, I agree. Look at him nodding there. It was an all aluminium body. Yeah. Um, limited products, 170k. Because they were shit. Because they couldn't sell them. It actually cost <laughs> Audi money to make them as well. Try and find one for sale now. Why would I'd you want not. to? It's turned into Zanussi washing machines. Probably are, yeah. They look like a loaf of bread. Connor's um, going to defend it here. Go for it, Connor. I mean, it's the most interesting design car that Audi made in the early 2000s. Yeah. Interesting doesn't mean good. No, but it's interesting and collectible, potentially. And totally, how would you describe it? A, a, a practical car, but not practical. Because I think from memory, you have to take the bonnet off to do anything. You can actually dip the, you, I think I read, you can dip the oil through the grill. The grill like flips up and you pull the dipstick out through it. That sounds like something to break. That sounds mm. like that, Mark, or that golf you were talking about in America. Which one was that? I had oh. to take the thing off. To oh, your man with the, take the, the wheel off to fill the car up, yeah. <laughs> there was, I think there was four engines, two diesels, two petrol. They did have some sort of funky gearbox. So. There was like a semi-automatic gearbox that bolted a small block engine. Because I remember looking at it for the Polo years ago and going... Could I make that work? Because I was thinking to myself, I could get rid of the... It was like a real early rendition, I think, of like a Triptonic-type box. Mm. So I was like, I could get rid of the gear cables and stuff in the bay. On the show scene, do you remember ever seeing a modified A2? No. I've no, seen thankfully. one. Um, European? Nope. English. Oh. Jagai Josh Gresswell has the multiple weird, like Nissan Prairie decked 
um, the Toyota Tercel on splits and stuff like that. Right. He had one that was just stripped out and painted matte grey and on, I think, the Brock B ones or something like that. So he's known so, for doing something a wee bit different? Yeah. Something a bit odd. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Just on that topic of something a bit odd, uh, Ultimate Dubs last year, I was walking back from the Pink Palace, absolutely dying, and I sort of came up the side of the building and there was a, what is it, like a B, B-class Mercedes? Like they're like a wee small people carrier type thing. Is that the one that kept rolling? Oh, that was the A class. Oh. It's like a bigger version of that. It was oh, like right. a more modern, but maybe this thing maybe ten year old bagged on a big set of like twenty inch Mercedes wheels, and you sort of look at it and you go, "That's cool." Like I wouldn't own it, but it's kind of cool. Different. I'd like to see that one you're saying about the A two, just to see how it yeah. how it was. I can, I can see the cogs turning Connor's head now. He's just sitting thinking. Well, I, I, still, I must go on Gumtree later on. I, I maintain like one of the wee fourteen TDIs would be great as a runabout. Oh, flipping right. Oh, yeah, yeah like, stupidly economical. Yeah. Mm. I think you got a, f- you could get a sixteen sixteen valve as well in them. Hmm. So if you could put a sixteen sixteen valve in them, I assume that's some derivative of the Polo GTI engine. Most likely, yeah. If it has that in it, that means that it has the engine room to put an eighteen T or a two TFSI. And then you just destroy just, your just, future classic. Just saying, Connor. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah. Aluminium in your body, you know, lightweight. No. Probably to be not fair, that like, I'm pretty sure there's the four people sitting around this table. Every one of us has destroyed a future classic at some point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nobody's arguing. Okay. Uh, anything else before we move on to the news news? Uh, no callbacks. New with me. Um, I oh, had sorry. New me. Forgot about tons that. of plans <laughs> for over Christmas uh, that got absolutely tanked by having COVID. Yeah. So I got quite literally knocked off my feet for quite a bit and I'm sort of at the point now where I'm okay again as you'll be thankful to know and uh, but I've just no energy I'm just like really like yesterday I did nothing it just I'm, it's mentally killing me because I'm like there's so much I want to do but I'm just sort of fit for nothing and I've kind of got to the age now where I'm sensible and go do you know what I'll actually take the time and fully recover from something and then <laughs> go back to it rather than stringing it out for the next three months like I've done in previous times um it was Christmas though. Did get Christmas presents. Ho 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 ho. Uh, Lee got me. We're in that weird period between Christmas and New Year where you're just like nobody knows what day it is. Oh, I have no idea if you're supposed to eat chocolate for breakfast or, you know, is, is it Friday or Saturday? It's Friday. It's Friday. Friday. Yeah. There we go. I couldn't have told you. <laughs> um, so Christmas, Lee got me some Jimmy Oaks t-shirts. She must be listening to the podcast. Oh, wow. And a banner for the garage as well, which is pretty cool. And then for my birthday, which was the day before, um, I actually should have brought it in to show you guys. It's a it's a hardback book. It's called the Watercooled Volkswagen Performance Handbook. So it's an American book from 99, did we look at mm-hmm. it? Who's the author? Oh, I can't remember. I could show you it, though. I'll go get it. I think I might have it. But it's it's absolutely brilliant because... There's an English guy done a Watercooled Performance book, and I got bought for my birthday about... 15 years ago well this goes right into the depths of like it's Head a bit like we were talking like yeah, yeah we were talking mm-hmm. about the difference like between a Haynes manual and the Bentley manual this is a bit like the same thing it's like the Americans have went do you know what here's how to modify your car but we'll talk about everything because right into the engine transplants and everything so and I talk because it's made in 99 it's talking about these newer Mark 3 chassis and then it says that they're debating the merits of a 1.8 turbo they're like you know will these be the future of tuning we don't really know and all you know there's it there What's who's the author, Lee? The very Ray one. Raven? The very one. Ah, Raven. there you go. Yeah. 
So really interesting. It's like That's going back really in cool time book. because it goes into like the bodywork section and it's talking about all the brands that are now cool again, you know. But these obviously were just off the shelf. Um, I'll throw it to you after, Connor, and get a, hmm. a nosy through it, but it's very, very interesting. Um, Shout out to Danny Mercado from People's Car, who is where I got the inspiration from because he mentioned it on their podcast a while back. So. There you go. But it's so, I think it is a brand newly, is it? I think so, yeah. I was going to say, if it's not, it looks it. There's that book and there's an, there's an English guy. I think I've got the book. There's a book the English guy wrote as well. I must actually try and dig it out. There's several like versions of this one. There's a I think there's an older one and there's a newer one that has a Mark IV on it. But obviously I had to get the one with the Mark III on of it. Of course. So uh and then staying on the topic of presents, we had the Shed sixty two Christmas Secret Santa. Oh. The legendary Shed sixty two on Wednesday Secret night. Santa. Standard presents don't apply. Well, it very much so. Uh <laughs> Stefan got me, it turns out. So we all have to try and guess at the end who got who. And in Stefan's, there was hot sauce, so he knows me well. There was, uh, as, in fact, to be honest with you, I've been telling this story about how we've been, there's a restaurant we go to, and we, Stefan and I end up in the kitchen every time we go in, waiting on the food. He's always like, try this, try this. And he says, me here, try this. And he put this like sauce on a knife. And he says, try that there. I looked at it and went, oh, barbecue sauce. I love barbecue sauce. Gave it a big lick. No, it was this like black label hot sauce thing. Satan's ass sauce. Pretty much, yeah. So I've been telling this story about half an hour before we opened the presents. Opened the box and seen a bottle of it. And I was like, Stefan, up until half an hour ago, Stefan's the only one that knew that story. So it had to be him. <laughs> um, but he got me Clico pins and the pliers and stuff. So we don't oh, need to borrow those anymore. Um, and he also said, they'll come in handy when you're doing more sills for me. I was like, oh, thanks, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Top work, Stefan. Pepsi Max. He got me a tinfoil hat as well. He got yeah. me a... It was a, a hard hat covered in aluminium foil. He's just looking after your well-being. He is. He's a, a man of great Keeping waves out of your brain, you know. If you so, had been wearing that, you wouldn't have got COVID. Probably not. Mm. The 5G mm. causing it. And uh, so, yeah, it was it was good. There was some excellent presents. There's a lot of... I think the Royal Mail destroyed a lot of people's present ideas. Because I think, was it... I was Nelly. still getting Christmas cards up and like yesterday. And I text people and be like, "Thanks for the card, just got it today." Funny, I got a few yesterday as well. <laughs> um, and then a non-Christmas present because Dennis actually sent me stuff for my birthday that we were supposed to open on the Christmas party episode, uh-huh. and it still hasn't arrived and it's still lost in the ether of the post. But uh, he had posted a Bentley manual for Lee's Corrado. And was it September? The end of September? 22nd of September. His postmark it arrived on it. three months from Canada. I was like, that's impressive. Because there's all the things you sent and it's like there in a few days. So we don't even know where that went. Hmm. And it came by courier. It came by Parcel Force. Mm. Strange. Yeah, Parcel Force could, could be could, anywhere. Could be anywhere, yeah. Some other Crado owner probably had it for a while. So yeah, that's been as exciting as I had. I did plan to be like, oh, I blocked up the wall in the garage where the door used to be. Oh, I've cleared this out. Oh, I've stripped the underside of the Mark III. But no, COVID stripped me. Had fun with you. Yeah. So what about you guys? Any Christmas activities? Um, I got a couple of good presents for Christmas, automotive related or at least garage related. Got some new magnetic tool holders. Indeed. Because I have, I have a wee draper one, which is like, two holes for like spray cans and then wee holes for screwdrivers and it has now become the cup holder there's usually a pepsi max and it's <laughs> very good for that instead. unless you stick it onto the wall of the garage which has the sun on it and it boils your pepsi max yeah not um, good so i got a couple more uh one of those and like a blue roll dispenser and 
little trays and things so that'll be good to get those installed are we mentioning the christmas present that we've bought for ourselves that hasn't arrived yet up to yourself sure you're the one that has pulled the trigger <laughs> we've uh ordered the two post oh sweet oh. yeah <laughs> so i can continue to be fat but not be as sore when i'm working on cars now. excellent <laughs> um also got some anakin products shout out ross um we had an interesting christmas day obviously with covid our plans were somewhat scuppered and then christmas night we had a little bit of an adventure didn't we oh yeah we did i forgot about that uh yeah i was like as i say i had covid so i was trying to like not do very much and as i say i went had dinner and stuff and was just like you know what i not up to this we're gonna head here shortly kind of thing and then got a phone call we've broken down dad's jeep the starter went on, on christmas night oh delightful so cue the superb cue the superb with the toe and i some boss <laughs> pulling a two and a half or three ton pickup but here pulled well she was fit for it and it did the job so machine thankfully my dad's like has been towed home many times so he knows the crack with it you know when you're trying to tow somebody that doesn't know how to be towed and not mm. keeping tension on the rope and stuff and it's just an absolute fucking disaster so that that was fun and of course it was raining in the dark i mean hammer and rain <laughs> yeah yeah so that probably didn't help the old flu symptoms yeah yeah do you um last thing of note the superb has decided to continue to fuck my wallet and oh uh, had to go and get two new tires on it the other day too that's right so happy christmas to me <laughs> alignment or just general wear no or? just general wear well one of them it kept going down but like not like you know your normal slow puncture where it goes down like kind of every day this was like blow it up went for a week nothing then suddenly went flat straight away that is weird so like three times that happened like ran, the first time it happened it was when i was at work outside a hotel i had been driving to the hotel got the ping on the dash to say low low tire pressure warning blah blah blah. i got to the hotel it was flat it was like oh bollocks had to go blow it up here's a little rant for you how much does air cost turns out a fuckload really well uh, it's usually like what 50p is it a pound uh, 50, it used to be tw- it used to be free i was gonna say it used to be yeah. 20p then back it was when we were 20p kids. remember you're old now it's gone now it's 50p in the south a euro what that's, an, that's inflation for you and then so the first machine that i went to tried to put the euro in it wouldn't go in you know like the wee slot for the coin so i got another say. coin and tried to like push it in Ah, I push use the other coin to push it in that didn't work it just went in and got stuck and nice. nothing happened so i had to then go and drive and find another tire machine i know why Nightmare. your tires fucked because i had to drive, drive on around flat, on it yeah. flat <laughs> i would say that's but probably then, the cause that was the week then i went to limerick and back no problem drove around here blah 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 then the thursday night before christmas i was going down to lisbon to get my nails done left here got into lurgan ping Low warning, blah blah blah. Pulled in on the Avenue Road. It's fifty p. Robin bastards. Um, but at least their machine worked, and it was down to like twelve psi from obviously being fine. Aye. To and suddenly. No damage on the wheel when it was changed. Then obviously the spot. What sort of tread was on? They were gonna need changed anyway. What, um, make, what make are they? They were Hankooks. Hankooks. And then I then it hadn't gone down at all. And then one night outside the house. It just went down. It just went down to just totally flat, just all by itself. Um, so yeah. 
I had to put Tarzish Tarzish put on it this time. Maxis. I can't remember what it was. Yeah, it was I. Whatever it was, I hadn't heard of it, and I was a bit skeptical because you rang me, and I was like, "Don't know about that," because you usually have like Continentals and stuff on yeah. their car. And then Simon had said, "No, no, they're they're good." It was the, the only thing they had in stock was those are Pirellis, and he rated them over Pirellis. Pirellis. And I was like, "All right." Well, I said, "Leah," I was like, "Either they're really good, and I don't know about it, or Pirellis are worse than I thought, and he doesn't rate them." So it was like, "Yeah." Meh. Well, saying that, he like he. Talked himself out of a hundred quid, so yeah, you know, it must be all right. It must be all right. So yeah, bad times. Good times for the wallet. Mm. Funny, yeah, good good year. Four seasons. I had to replace all four tires in the Q five, and it was carried off tires. Robert in there, and the, the Michelins were another two hundred quid for a set of four of them. Uh-huh. I was just like, you're touching eight hundred quid for four tires. Now he's just going tires are metal now, like. yeah. So. The Four Seasons, and Robert said, and he says, no, them Four Seasons, I would rate them very, very right. highly, and they are brilliant. That's the beauty of using a, a tire guy all the time who knows you and knows the driving you do, because, like, Lee could go in and be offered a totally different tire than my mum, who drives 20 mile a week, you know, that kind of thing. Like, you could technically afford to put the plastic shite on my mom's car, and she wouldn't know any different, because she doesn't drive very far or drive very fast, where the likes of Lee drives very far and very fast you know it's a bad combination it's untrue at all officer <laughs> funny my ma she goes to an unnamed tire supplier she always goes to him and he's always selling there oh these are these are made by the same boys as Dunlop or these oh, are the same as Dunlop and you look at them and it's slipping ding dongs or look like I made them you know <laughs> <It's> <laughs> my car drives funny now what's wrong I said you put crap tires on that's what's wrong aye it does make a big t- difference. They keep going flat or something. Yeah, I don't know. There's no reason. No, it does make a big difference how the car drives. Like you, mm. you see, there even a brand new car. If you get one that's like slightly out of shape, so you think it was going to shake the car to death or something wrong with it. I remember years ago, Boydie on RMS had got these tires for his A3, and they were like when they came off, it turned out whatever way they come out of the mold, they were like twisted, almost like you'd grab one side and grab the other and rotated them opposite directions. Mm-hmm. And he was like. At the start, he was like, what's wrong with this thing? And he thought there was something wrong with the car. This is going back maybe 10 years ago when they had the diesel A3. And it was just like, when just you shut them off, you could see the wear pattern on them when they'd done a few miles. And they were just like basically running on the two outside edges. It was a real hmm. weird setup. Like, I had cheap uh, remolds bought for me, kindly, as a as a present for the MX-5 once. Because we're doing a target rally. thought, ah, they'll be burnt off one day. Couldn't drive it. Even it, on a lanes rally? It, it I took it up the carriage the night before. And went, no, it just drove it. like a clown car? It wouldn't drive in a straight line. As Jeez. in, it wasn't going sideways, it just wouldn't drive straight. Put them on the front and it was awful. Like, it was just That's horrible. Terrible. Very cheap though. Yeah. <laughs> There's a reason. <laughs> Good for a slab. That's it. Slab tires. So what about yourself, Connor? Are you up to much over Christmas? Any Christmas presents? Car related? Nothing really car related this time. Clever let no, you down. That's it. Nothing... Just the, the promise of help for work uh, on cars and stuff like that. But even at that, nothing's been done so far. Sounds about right. Um, well, it's, sorry. It's too, it's too flipping cold. Uh, well, that's part of it. That's part of it. Yesterday, I went out to the garage for the first time and took a bit of underseal off the golf. The last bit on the back arch. And that's that's it now. Ready. Stripped. Like, rust killers on one bit. Just need to paint it, uh, seam seal it, and uh, seal it again. And the other side just need to finish tidying the welds for the new arch. Uh-huh. And that's that's Sweet. underneath done. And that was as much as you could stomach going out to do it sort of thing? Yeah, and even at that, I, it took hours. And it was, you know, 
that much, but it was in the very in just up beside the turret. I know exactly what you mean. Uh, it's an absolute nightmare uh, of a spot. I just, remember Patty doing his Mark Three like that. Yeah, I was putting it off for so long, and then thought, no, I just need to get something done. At I least it feel feels, bad, feels like an achievement. Yeah, I don't feel as bad. This is good. <laughs> <laughs> Everything else is just still sitting there in bits. Like that's good, nothing's good. changed. Nothing's changed. Excellent. That's good. Make me feel good. <laughs> here, tell tell us what we're drinking here today. Well, we did. We should have introduced Connor properly because he is the president of the Red Bull fan club. Hmm. Ah, yes, loves Red Bull racing and specifically oh, their glorious leader. Opening there, so. And he has brought us rather thoughtfully or cuntly, shall I say? Uh, monster in the form of the new Lewis Hamilton one. So, knowing that. Uh, he is a massive Lewis fan. We're going to have to drink this and see what it tastes like. I reckon it's going to be bitter. Let's see. <laughs> Nigel, you're the monster connoisseur. What do you reckon to it? I have two favourites. You can never go past White Monster, but the nice bouquet. Tropical Burst, I think it is. It's like a greeny and a reddy. I forget the name of it. It's my favourite too. So let's I like this. the mango one. Is it the blue can? The mm. blue and orange? Yeah, it's quite nice. I don't even drink Monster. Lovely either. fragrance. Yeah, great vintage made a month ago. I've already tasted mine. It's quite nice. It's it's not bad at all. To be fair, it's a purple grape drink. <laughs> it is a delicious purple drink. That's nice. Sweet, but not too sweet. Not too tart. Mm. Tastes kind of like what do you call those old sweets? You get remember like love hearts, but the wee purple parma violets. Parma, parma violets, yeah. a bit like that. No, there's a. I think the purple one you can get, and it is parma violets. In the I think so monster. Ah. It's a bit mm. too overwhelming. I'm going to drink this and be hyped now for about three days because I don't drink energy drinks. At all? Oh, honestly, so there was one night... There's one kind of monster about once a year and goes... <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the same, Connor. I wouldn't have oh, more no. than one a year. No, no you're all good. Yeah. I um I came home from work one day and I was destroyed. Like, I don't know what happened to me that day, but I was like, could hardly lift my feet walking in. And I had... Was the time we were doing the breaks in your Jetta? Probably, yeah. I think we're under a bit of a time crunch, and I was like, I need to get this done. So I come home anyway, about maybe half four or five o'clock, and I says, I need to go up there. And I opened the fridge, and there was this random white tin of Monster, and I went, I'll drink that. So my plan was, drink it in one go, go up, do a few hours work, do all the work I need to do, come back, get a shower, crash, go to bed, all good. Half two that night, I was lying staring at the ceiling. I was like, what is wrong with me? I was crawling the walls. Think of all the work you get done, though. I know, but I don't want to be addicted to it. <laughs> but I do look at the likes of Nigel here and Robin, and I'm like, they seem to do a lot of stuff. They might shorten mm. the lifespan, but they seem to do a lot done before they go. So it's give and take life. You it know? is, yeah. yeah. So the old when, monster you get, when you get to 50 odd, you're done. So you might as well make the most of your youth, you know. 50? <laughs> 34, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck away, but this last week I feel done. In our prime, Connor. We're in our prime. Aye, prime rib. <laughs> so what. Uh, is that us? Is that us done for? Well, I have no news of me. I'm, I've basically been... We've all got COVID. Chris, Christmas dinner, illness again, uh, working a lot in the bar. It's been madness part-time in that too. So I think he's the only one that hasn't been sick. Hmm. Yeah. healthy immune system. did find an alternative to the A2, if you want that style, but worse. <laughs> but worse. Yeah. Tell us. Tell us. This, this is interesting. <laughs> so it's a French car. Oh, uh, of course it is. Is it a Megane Scenic? No, no, no. It's a it's a microcar MC1. A microcar MC1. Uh, is it anything like a Le Car? Um, a microcar yeah, it's MC1. it's not great. It's 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 essentially an eight. Uh, what is it like a five hundred cc 
you don't need a driving license to drive it. Oh, okay. yeah. Type. Is it um, like an Ami? <gasps> no, no. Not as cute. <laughs> it's definitely not like an Ami. Oh, my God. Richie Brown sent me this that the other day, I think. But that is an A2, surely. No, no. It's, the front. It's, it's, it's worse. It's it's like an A2, but more shonky. It looks like, like an A2 that someone tried to make out of a Citroen C2 with you know, headlights. It you, know, looks, you know what it looks like? You know the way you, in India you see these cars are sort of through together? Mm. Uh, the build quality that looks... It similar. looks like... Do you remember the two sex advert where they got the elephant to sit on the bonnet to make it into the other car? That's what that looks like. <laughs> Can I just add something here? Stefan has just messaged me because I just turned my Wi-Fi on there to look up that car. And I, it was a message come through that just said, the greatest lie ever told. And I was like, oh, what's this? A globe. The circular Earth. <laughs> 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 That's the sort of shit matches I get from him. <laughs> You should put your tin hat on and take a photo and reply to him. I was going to say, I haven't got it on me here. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, I think Richie Brown sent me that during the week or something similar because he was like, oh, fuck your Ami. This is, you know, what we have here. And I'm like, no, I'll take the Ami. <laughs> it, it looks like one of those. Do you remember the kit cars of the Mark 1 TT replica? Yes. The Bantam or whatever they were? Yeah. They were based on a Metro? Like a wee tiny short. Yeah. Yeah. There's kind of Reynold Avangard esque things along the side of it there. See the back C panel? Like yeah, this part. Yes. Did you see the avant garde at Rollhard? Yes, it Class. was so it's cool. Unreal. The bagged one. Yeah, yeah. Ah, uh, fantastic! Absolutely fantastic! Superb. Avant garde. My French accent. <laughs> you can hear the baguettes. <laughs> <laughs> we Connor. We. That'll do. Okay, uh, let's move on to some news. I don't have a lot. Do you have a lot? Not overly. No, it is Christmas. The car manufacturers seem to turn the taps off. Like so, you crack on, Connor. Um, well, the first one I have is, you guys might have seen this, is it the, what dubbed as the four-cylinder LS engine? Have you seen it? No. No? So, it's actually quite cool. Um, it was, well, it's blueprint engines have it, and they had it at SEMA, and it's basically, calling it a four-cylinder LS is a bit of a stretch, but it's a four-cylinder industrial engine from, say, like a big forklift truck. It's a 3.6 litre, and they've bolted an LS3 head to it. So it looks like an LS is the coils on top with the, down to the plug leads and stuff. But they're basically developing it as a crate engine. So I think it'll be quite good for like mini trucks and like older kind of 50s, 60s style trucks that you're having to shoehorn a V8 into. You can kind of do this. Kind of keeps that retro styling as well. I think it'd be class looking with like a set of side draft 45s or something on it. Well, mm. for something that would be big enough to fuel that, but... Um, they've no real set numbers on it. They reckon it's going to be uh, 340 horsepower and over 500 foot-pound of torque. So that should shift. Decent figures. Yeah. Um, I say nothing confirmed, not even cost or anything yet, but it's just a really cool-looking engine. I think it'll sell well. Now, Dennis and I have been, well, I say debating more like Ryan over how much it's going to cost because he thinks if it costs any more than about five grand, it's not going to sell very well, where I think it will be more than five grand. So, it's kind of a thing. It's like, obviously, his argument was that they've done the research and development or don't need to do very much because it's already been tried and tested in industrial environments. But then on road, my side of it was on road is very different. So, you do have to factor in research and development for it. The Also, you have to factor in the hype, you know, because people's going to want them. I think they'll release it around SEMA this year or they'll give them to builders to get into vehicles and you'll see it because I think it'd be silly they've kind of missed the mark for it now but I think it'll be class to see what it's going to end up in the only thing is you won't have that V8 rumble which a lot of those things are 
synonymous with, but then they're sitting at the same and not turning the wheel. They're not going to be doing much rumbling either. Just a thought came into my head. You're talking about rumble and V8s and all the rest of it. Like the Alexa Cletus McFarland, he's they're fighting against the RPM Act. Yeah, you know, modifying your cars and all the rest of it. Um, and it seems to be they're attacking the enthusiast, but why are they not tackling big manufacturers spewing out seven, eight, nine hundred brake Hellcats? Well, you see, they are. They're, but it's like everything with legislation. It's pushed down the line. That's why. Was it Uli was saying there a couple of months ago that had the, was it the Hellcat, was the last, the last edition? They were doing all the special edition ones for the And that's their run out the and that's gone. Out, yeah. So it's a bit, I think Dodge have been very much like, you know, the last hurrah, you know, uh. do this while we can, because they're coming from, and then they released that electric Hellcat, or whatever it was dubbed as, and mm. fuck, it was disappointing. But, but e what, 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 what e I'm muscle. saying is they're immediately attacking the small guy, or is the big manufacturer just sort of... Oh, 10 years, 10 years. The big manufacturers probably also have the leverage. Have lawyers. Of, yeah, well, <laughs> they have the lawyers. We employ a lot of people. You know, you can't just tank yeah. us kind of thing. They can afford the lobby as well. Also true. Very true. Um, Where they're obviously, well, again, stick the tinfoil hat on, which isn't really a tinfoil hat, but it's easier to go for the little guy. You know, it's it's like when you look at motorists, they'll attack individual mm. motorists as opposed to the, the bigger thing as well. But yeah, um... Yeah, that, that end is going to be cool. I don't know what way. That's the other thing I was debating was to offer that as a crate engine. Do they need to do any emissions things, you know, or is it just a case of you buy the engine and it's up to you to sort that side of it? It'll be bound in California, of course. Of course, yeah. So, California. <laughs> um, but the reckon too as well, because this thing makes massive torque levels in the industrial stuff, it'll not be making those kind of levels, you know, or, or less than it will. But they reckon it's going to turbo really well. So that could be quite cool as well. The Americans are very into their like four cylinders as a novelty, where everything we have here is just, well, unless you're calling three, three necessities. Four cylinders. Yeah. So they, they love the sort of something a bit different like that. But I think that'll be a really good seller, especially in that kind of hot rod truck scene. Be quite cool. He's got what next? Uh, my big news is Dubshed entry system is now go. So if you want to get your car inside a Dubshed, or you want to try to get your car inside a Dubshed, the entry system is now open, open the 28th. That is obviously a week later. I know, because I'm getting all the messages. So uh, www.dubshed.com slash enter your car. Entry system's open the 3rd of March. Don't panic. It's not first come, first served. So take your time. I think we're be, kind of stressing that this year, aren't we? Be methodical. Take good, clear photos. Don't take them in the dark. Don't take them in the snow. Don't take them upside down. We we have all these that they're saying. These are legitimately what we have witnessed. For write the more than four photos. words in your description uh, of your car. Yeah, you can you can write a novel if you want. Well, to an extent. Um, what we are looking for is clear description of your uh, car, history of the car, what you've done with it, modifications of it. You know, your wheels, your suspension, maybe what restoration has been taken on, what bodywork's been taken on. A good out example of. is if you look at a magazine, and it could be any car magazine yep. for any car, Specs. at the end it gives you a spec list with breaks down, like, you know, engine, chassis, body modifications, and it just makes us, as going through it, a lot our job a lot easier because it is easy to miss something because yeah. we've had entries before where you look at something and go, that looks really nice, and there's, like, the description of this is my car. You know, yeah. and you're like, well, can you tell us something about it? It's Between eight and ten good photos should. Yeah, well, you can miss really good cars because it's a couple of crap pictures and yep. no description, and you yeah. you don't like we're not fucking mind readers. We don't know. 
you got to tell us. And the other thing is, if you do put an entry in and you have maybe work still to be carried out, you can still re-edit it, but you'll be sent, you'll be sent a submission email once you uh, submit your entry, but you can go in through that email to re-edit it to add to your entry. That's good, yeah. Entry. So, or if there is something that's after the deadline, just put on it what you're going to do. Yeah. You know, you can yeah. say that this is the plan kind of thing. So, uh, some great entries so far. I uh, haven't looked at any of them yet. Can't wait. To Dumpshed, 1st and 2nd April. Buy your tickets. Uh, Dumpshed.com. I'm, slash I'm looking forward tickets, to the, the selection day, because that's usually an absolute disaster of a day. Yeah. <laughs> there, there's a photo I have, Connor, going back a couple of years now. And it was the photo or the table afterwards. And I mean, it looks like a child's party. There's sweets, crisps. There's, I don't think there's anything with actual sustenance in it at all. Just over the table. And it takes like... It's just a numbers and monster to the wall. This is something yeah. that I've probably said this, what, three years running now. But you always get the usual story of, you know, oh, you can't get into dub shit. You don't know this person and blah, blah, blah and all. And it's like there's eight or nine hundred entries. A fraction of that is the spaces. We have to hit certain... Types of cars, ages of cars, makes, varieties. But also the fact that it takes about 10 to 14 people, nine hours to go through it. Yeah. It's not mm. like you just go, he's in, he's in, he's in. You know, yeah. it, it is an actual process. And I think that gets lost in a lot of people. And rightfully so, because nobody really gets to see that side of it. But it is, it's, when you say it, like I tell people and work about it, like, it, yeah, it'll be a nine hour process for 10 or 15 people. And they're like, why? I'm like, well, because you, you have to go through every entry and yeah. look at it. You know, they all do get thrown, go through. We usually laugh at Connors. <laughs> so, crazy few months ahead of us. <laughs> yeah. That'll be fun. Bring on Dubshed once again. Yeah, really excited. Well, we, survived. <laughs> we survived last year. It was all good. Yeah, it'd be grand. Buzzing for it. It's class. You and I have a couple of things, but they're mostly just headlines because... There's not much detail on any of them, so I'll give you a few, and you can tell me if you want to elab- want me to elaborate on any of them. I wouldn't even worry. Freddie Flintoff has crashed the car while filming for Top Gear. Oh, he really screwed himself he up, didn't he? Broke a rib and facial injuries and stuff. He was airlifted to hospital. I actually seen a comment on Facebook of all places um, about that on that headline, and someone was like, "Oh yeah, James May crashes, and they're trying to outdo him." I guess the man just broke his ribs for the crash. Sure, yeah, he just deliberately ruled. Yeah, yeah, just went. No, James May, you didn't do this. Um, the FIA has banned drivers from making political statements. Did you read this? I did, yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, they can ban Russian drivers for entering the championship. Yeah, yeah. and they can run things yeah. like That's We Race As mm. One and yeah. what's the other Down one? Down Your Knee. There was, there was a whole load of stuff. I, I was like, hang on, you're just being selective now. Yeah, and then the people who want drivers to be really have personalities and they don't have personalities anymore are really happy with this, weirdly. Ah, uh, yeah. That's, but, it, it, it is strange. Yeah. Aye. That, That's only because they're, they're now racing all like fucking the sand countries and they don't want to. Camel country, Connor. Jeez. But they're. they're like, shout, they're out shout out to Saudi Arabia. <laughs> but they're racing out there and all the drivers are all. Well, they're either against it or saying they're against it, and that's where their money's coming from. So they obviously don't want to jeopardize that either. No, that's true. But at the same time, isolating those countries and not going there doesn't really work either. You have to sort of bring that to them to yeah. some extent. No, you're right. Yeah. Um, but it's like the whole World Cup thing where you know annoying. all the clubs wanted to wear you know like wear armbands or do whatever they were wanting to do, and they said no, you're not allowed to do that. And I Germany wanted mm. to wear the rainbow uh, armbands, so they just uh, they were banned from it, so they wore their laces. Mm. Yep. 
Always let, let, let's face it, it's all about money. F1 is one of the worst for money. Yeah. Y- you know, some of the best racetracks the Formula 1's seen has been neglected just to go race for an oil-rich country. country. Yeah, well, it's even for somebody like myself as new to the sport, even I can see that, you know, there is older tracks that I'd heard about or, you know, for years. And you go, Mythical, well, why aren't, epic yeah, tracks. Why aren't no, they racing there? Don't have the money for it. Hashtag bring back what, Watkins Glen. Aye. Well, not because Jeremy lives like half no, an hour from it. That absolutely would be good. not. Um, well, I'd rather go to fucking Watkins, Watkins Glen than uh, Miami. On a note, yeah. I've seen a video there about the logistics of 2023 season. It's just jumping back and forward. It used to be... It sort of moved I smoothly. Do all the American ones and then all yeah. the Middle Eastern ones. Continentally, and, yeah. sort of. Now it's just bouncing across the globe like a tennis bat. But, you know. It's carbon neutral. It's, it's cool. Our, our <laughs> engines now are really, really economical and carbon. Yeah. Hard to beat the old carbon neutral side of it. Yeah. Uh, next headline, I woefully misread this and thought it was going to be interesting and it's not, but I'll read you it anyway and you can laugh at how silly I am. Uh, the headline is Rare 1930 Dancia de Lombada. Cruises into Jay Leno's garage, but I thought it said crashes into Jay Leno's uh, garage. <laughs> Here, Jay's had enough problems this last while. You leave him alone. <laughs> he doesn't need that shit. Um, and the last one is Porsche fills 911 with first drops from synthetic fuel plant. Ah. So I knew Nigel would be interested in that Excellent. one. Excellent. Keep it up, Porsche. Yeah, apparently they, they, the have, a, down. they have a plant. Like, it's ready to, to, to produce. So, I wonder, is that going to come into the F1? side of things mm. you know when obviously when Audi and stuff come in they're going to try and push that I think, I think I've seen a glimpse so. into the chaos of an electrical future there in the last couple of weeks in England with the lack of infrastructure and the cold weather depleting battery power oh yeah yeah get a real insight into how mm. far behind we are with actually integrating electric into the it's like everything you know, it's, it's good in ideal conditions but then when the shit hits the fan like it's you imagine like even imagine living somewhere like you know like we don't get massive extremes in this country, but you go up into the mornings, even into like Hilltown and stuff, it's obviously a lot snowier and colder up there, 40 mm. miles from here, like a mere 40 mile away. But like those cars would perform very differently up there than the wood here, even at closer to sea level. Yeah. yeah. Uh, last thing, sorry, I know I said the last one was the last one, but this is the last one. RAC accuses petrol retailers of overcharging in the run up to Christmas. And can I just say, I don't think the oil companies would do that. No, definitely not. It does not sound like anything that they would do. (laughs) No, I think it would overcharge them for the last four years. Well, apparently the wholesale price has dropped to pretty much the same levels as last year, but the actual retail price has not come down. So Free market, mate. Sure, when when it got to near £2 a litre here, and then it started to drop, all independent petrol retailers dropped their prices. Mm -hmm. Tesco's and Sainsbury's didn't. it It actually came in, well... One of the, I was going to say instalment came up, but I think it was some politician basically had put the proposal forward in the subcommittee, basically saying to Sainsbury and Tesco's, why are prices still high? Why it's is obvious fu- the petrol's cheaper. Why is your fuel shade? And then about a week later, it slowly came down, but they're still higher than most. Aye. No, I just... I just think it's hilarious when you, like, the ones in Moira get me, there's two garages literally directly um, opposite each other on Moira Main Street. One of them's a pay pump and one of them's an actual shop. And the prices in them can be like five or six P different. Uh-huh. And their two signs are beside each other. No, I, yeah. it's, it's wild. I to talk about this. There are two Texacos now in Cumber because the Stadol, not Stadol, one of the petitions got bought over by um, Texaco. Mm-hmm. So now there's two Texaco garages with two completely different prices for fuel. 
Yeah. That's weird. And the Russell's garage that has Texaco does price match. So it price matches the 24-hour station pay as you go. The one on the Clinchy Road with Texaco doesn't price match. So it's dear because the the Russell's is owned by Russell's Group and the tax the Clinchy Road one's owned by or owned by Spar Group who don't price match. Mm. So every Monday the Russell's Group their manager has to go around the area and look at prices and then and take it back. It has down. to be the same or close to the nearest petrol station within two or three miles. So they have to match the 24 hour pump, whereas the Texaco and the Clinch Road doesn't. And it's like 78 P deer. And the 24 hour pump would be a lot cheaper to run. So you know, no essentially, Texaco is a plan two stations, but the Clinch Road one's milking it. It's weird. And how did Go manage to make everything cheap? Like oh. their random special prices and I don't know what the crack is with that. Yeah. Mass buying of fuel and the fact that people now the twenty four hour garage is, is down the bottom of my hill now. Nice hill is ninety eight run. I because mm. that's the same as the go Lock, garage Lock we Lock talked Brickland. about in Lockbrickland. Um Cumber no not Cumber, I, sorry. I, th- I think it's the sheer volume Banger. because pay as you go pumps are now so popular. The sheer volume they were able to buy it in such mm. cheap prices. I don't know. The, fact, the fact that probably practical retailers have been fleecing us for years. Well, it's it also given. That, yeah. Take that for granted. Is that you? Mm-hmm. Uh, my last one then I have is you mentioned California earlier, Nigel, and we're going back. Uh, they have banned the use of the name of this or similar for self driving cars. Have you seen this? So they're now banning. Yeah, full autopilot. Mm. Yeah, so basically the way Tesla call theirs full autopilot, they're saying it's not because. The driver needs to be there, and the driver needs to basically control the situation if something goes wrong, take over. And they say, well, that's not full autopilot, so you can't brand it as that. So it's not just Tesla. Every manufacturer that has some sort of variation of this, they've said, no, you can't call it this. So they're starting to crack down on it, which I'm not surprised at, because mm-hmm. the four so, of us are so fairly they intelligent. they can't call it what, sorry? Like full autopilot or... You know, have to can, call it what instead. Something that doesn't allure to the fact that it can be totally self-driving on its own. But that leads from the RV thing, does it not, from years ago? <coughs> yeah. Where somebody went in and started cooking their dinner? Mm. Pretty much, because yeah. They had it and... it, it's, that's what I was going to say. Like The four of us are fairly intelligent. Listeners may argue, but like there is people out there who would probably believe that, yeah, that car can do X, Y, Z, and you can get into the back kind of thing. Yes, it's been legislated for because of lack of gene pool. Strength. Oh, 100%, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, fun times. <laughs> Always go to the lowest common denominator. Okay, Lee, have you any more? No. Uh, you've? No, I might. Right, well, I might need to borrow your tin hat here. I'm sure you've heard of Oxford County Council ruling. Yes, I, I heard about it with this. So Connor's nodding. Oxford County Council would be confining residents to their own neighbourhoods in new trial. Such as issued a statement after an article went viral claiming the authority would implement a climate lockdown in 2024. It would consist of six zones locked by electronic gates. Say that people would be living in the county would be confined to their own neighbourhoods under the trial and would need permission for the council to leave. Uh, the council has responded to the claims made in the piece and they've said uh, the filters will ban private vehicles from six areas of a city at certain times and are said to be introduced following the completion of the rail bridge works on Botley Road in 2023. Contrary to the article claims, there will be no physical bars with restricted zones by NPR cameras. Um, 
set in various locations. So there'll be up to 100 day passes per year will be offered to residents business affected by the change enabling them to travel through the filters without penalty. Spokes from the council explained traffic filters have been part of the Oxford transport strategy since 2015 and are a key tool to reducing traffic congestion in Oxford. Traffic filters are not designed to stop people from driving private vehicles. I think we can see what's coming here, really. I think, it, to me, it sounds like an extension of that ULAs thing that they have yep, in London, yeah. where, you know, the the zone keeps growing, and you can't own cars that are certain emissions and stuff within that zones. It sounds like a like an Uber version of that. Um, I, I was watching a clip of somebody trying to explain it. I think you're allocated 100 journeys per household for a year or something. And if there's mm. two people in your house commuting to work, how's that going to work? It's weird. Don't, they don't want you commuting. No, you're not. Yeah, use a bicycle. Like, like everything is, it's a, it's a, it's a quick road. You sl- slide down basically because you think about it. There's coal bands put in, coal as fuels. Ah, that's right. Yeah. Ulaz zones. You know what's got what's coming next. You know what's coming next? I live in the country. Fuck them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. In fact, we all live. <laughs> I, well, you say that, but I think we'll basically um, taxi out Odin. Uh, High, high pollution car they'll, they'll they'll make it in such a way that which has been trying to do that for years like it'll the, be impossible the way they've changed the tax brackets and stuff and the other thing is too and they're seeing this with electric stuff is they can't afford to tax you, tax you out of it or take it completely away because they make so much money from it they then have to that's why they're now introducing like vehicle tax on EVs because they're losing so much money on it yeah, that was the incentive. Was there's no vehicle tax? And then, I I think if we had a working government, then we'd have ULEZ in Belfast. Probably would. I yeah. I have no doubt in yeah, my head. Just another excuse not to go to Belfast. Another excuse Fine. not to have a government. <laughs> I like it. Cool. Uh, there you go. How about we think about that one, folks? A rosy future ahead of us. Fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we'll move on quickly to our YouTube and media section. Uh, I have quite a few to sort of skip through here if anybody wants to. Well, for somebody who's sat at home for a week and hasn't done very much, I don't have very many to talk about. Okay. I've been watching a complete load of shite, basically. A lot of clickbait stuff was weird. Um, Big YouTube guy, Connor, are you? That's it, well. Yeah, it would be. Um, What's your speciality or your favourites or whatever? Well, it was the Motor Trend channel yeah. before they went to Bye-bye. subscription. So I paid for that because it's three ninety nine a month on yeah. Amazon Prime, and just to get Roadkill and stuff like that. Um, but haven't they in the UK? Haven't they removed a lot of popular on the subscription? I mean, I think it might have removed stuff with Mike Brewer in it, but I'm not too worried about That's that. Not I was going to say it's all good. <laughs> There's always positive coming. Um, I nearly subscribed. All the uh, all the Roadkill Hot Rod Garage, all that stuff's still there, and still yeah. all new episodes, and it, it's good okay. for that. Um, but I don't know. Same as Connor said, I just watch a mixture of random shit. Yeah. Um, yeah, the suggestion feed can sometimes be a bit. It's not good. interesting. Yeah, it's, it's not like good. If you click one random video and go, "I'll try that," and next thing Dive you're poisoned in. with that, you know. <laughs> I know because I find myself. I think even though I think they're the scourge of any motoring event now, I keep on watching videos of people filming people leaving. Shows or something like that, oh, and then wow, you're tortured, yeah. but and then you keep on getting them and go, oh, what happened this time? Oh, watch this one then. They're always clickbaity titles, yeah. You go, uh-huh. And the Rufford Ford, I got addicted to that for a while. What the was it? Rufford Ford, the one in England, the uh, Ford through the river. 
So it's just oh, dickheads, oh, dickheads driving badly. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> Can't be bad at that. I thought that was a guy, Rufford. Hey, Rufford, how's it going? I thought it was like a, a company, Rufford, who built this Ford. I was like, what about this? <laughs> but uh, the latest one I found is a guy, I have his name. Um, basically, he's an English guy who lives in America. Um, and I think he's probably a bit mad, given what he's done. Um, he, It's called C90 Adventures, and... It just got recommended to me one day. Um, so he bought a mini Willy's Jeep, so a child's eight horsepower, basically like lawnmower. Like a plastic toy? Well, it's metal, okay. but it's, it's one of those sort of Chinese-made, sort of two or three grand petrol eight horsepower Jeeps. Uh-huh. And he's decided to do a thousand miles across Utah on it. Of course. Um, gotta love America. Like, he literally went to the DMV, went, okay, here's it registered now, here's plates on it. I've heard uh, stories of certain states or like that that you could literally register a bicycle, you know, that's yeah. like anything that has wheels. Well, there you go. But he's, he's done all those calculations. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Holy shit. I can yeah. see you doing something like that, Connor. That reminds me of like you know, 400,000 subscribers. Yeah. Wow. You're like Dumb and Dumber where they're going the E-Tiny scooter across. That's what that uh, pictured in my head. I, it just looks... I mean... Yeah, fair play to him, but at the same time, there's part of it where these guys stop him, like, oh, yeah, this is a, yeah, we're trying to do, like, you know, clearance for ordinance here, you know, this is this is, was a bomb range <laughs> and stuff, and like, oh, right, we can't stop you from going any further, but suggest you don't. But you shouldn't. Well, we, they could stop him. <laughs> well. <laughs> Drop one on them. That's like in the behind-the-scenes Lord of the Rings, which I've talked about before, because I'm a Lord of the Rings nerd, um, part of where they were filming in New Zealand was, like, the New Zealand Army bomb range. And they had to, they had like cleared a section, and they were like, "Right, you can ride your horses out to there, but then stop. Right, don't go any further." <laughs> Do you like those horses? Yeah, you like them as one piece. <laughs> um, the first YouTube one I have here then is something I don't watch very much of, and I've been recommended a whole load of times, and it's something I never really got into. Is Mighty Car Mods? Um, it was yeah. Ungluck had sent me this one, and I was up the other morning and decided to stick it on. It's a feature film, the Turbos and Temples 3. You right. watched it, Connor? Yeah, it's good. I it have that. Um, great stuff. Yeah, so they bought the RX-7, basically traveling around Japan, and they mm. went and the race was at the Supermicro and the Tahatsu Shirad Turbo and stuff around the circuits. Really, really good watch. Interesting insight into Japan as well, you know, going and seeing, but like we had watched Lee with that man in Japan with James May. James May. You're the, seeing the two of them are so relatable too. You like yeah. Marty and oh I forgot his name. Moog. Is Moog, is it? Moog, yeah, Moog. The two of them are just they're a good crack like. Yeah. And it's shot very well. A lot of it's very like old top gear style, you know, when they're doing their runs and it was just really, really enjoyable. I say I don't watch very much Mighty Car Mods, but I did enjoy that. Um what have you got? Yeah, I had Mighty Car Mods, um good crack and all the rest of it. Uh Haggerty, I, I think I talked about Haggard before. The channel is really coming on leaps and bounds. I keep forgetting about it, and then I, I see something on it, and I'm like, I yeah. should watch more of this. It's real high-end production now with really high-end presenters, I think. Um, is that Haggerty, the insurance company in America? I don't know. I wasn't I sure maybe it was them branching out, you know, like a platform, like an advertising thing. or I, I must research into this, and sorry I haven't, but it seems like some serious financial investment has went into that channel and it's just completely up their game. It's just different level now. And the latest one is the RS4 Comp. So as described at the start of the video, it's basically um, for years, Audi have had their way with fast, big estate cars. And now BMW, of course, brought out the M3 
estate. So uh, basically, I have just stuck a middle finger up at them and actually called their latest RS4 the RS4 competition. Ah, there you go. Funny M3s come out or M cars have a, a competition pack. So it's basically going, yeah, screw you guys. Did they put a stupid grill on it? They've, no, they haven't. They haven't. Uh, so they've obviously just went, right, screw you. Uh, more aggressive car, stiffer suspension, three-way three, day, three way adjustable suspension, forged wheels, ceramic brakes. They revised the differentials in them. Um, better shift uh, better shift gearbox that reduces the same engine, um, same brake horsepower, but better shift in the gearbox. Brings the not 60 down to uh, 6.9. Only 75 to be brought into the UK, so they'll sell out immediately. Um Prices start about 85k September 2023. See so if we get the order in now. What sort of money is the BM? Do you know? It'll be 100k, I'm sure. Probably, yeah. Probably so, around up. Audi not messing about and real good video. I think it was a 10 minute video. Um, good crack. Watch it. I, I say I keep meaning to watch some more of the Haggerty stuff and keep forgetting about it. Yeah. I'll just blast through a few quick ones. Yeah, here. far away. Um, another good channel is Supercar Driver and they're basically done a a tribute video to the E92 M3 competition. Um, 10 minute video V8 deliciousness. Just. Shocks me that they're old enough to have a tribute video too. Yeah. I still think in your eyes they're still in the out. 15. Yeah. Um, That's a new car to me. I think uh, I might have listened to it wrong, but they basically made the point that it used to be each M car had its individual engine. You know, whereas now they share a lot of engines across the M ranges. Oh, Connor you, can uh, correct me on this. You yeah, I it, suppose it would, it would have. Because like it would have S, been, is it an S fourteen was in the E thirty M three? Yeah, you mean that wouldn't have been found in a different M, like yeah. in an M five, say, or each M car mm. has an individual special engine. Yeah. Whereas now the three liter or the what is it, four point four in the M three? Or is it four liter? Four liter. It's a three liter. It's three liter twin turbo in the M three M twos. And then the bigger M cars have the 4-litre, 4.4 twin turbo that's shared along, you know. Same basic structure of them. Yeah. And also pointing out the fact that it's the last of the naturally aspirated V8s and it's great and blah, blah, blah. First, first and last. Yeah. Well, first and last of the M's and M3s. Anyway. And their burns. Uh, Porsche Channel, they have a Le Mans series and they're back. They dropped a load of videos there with Michael Fassbender and his campaign in the Le Mans edition. Funny, we started, we watching, started it. watching it. Yeah. Yeah. High-end uh, high production uh, I've watched one episode of it, so check that out. Also, another channel that I really like is Harry's Garage. He has finally got his Lancia Fulvia Zagato's um, finished after a two-year restoration. Uh, really rare car. He points out, I think there's only three in the UK. Uh, 1960s car. I think it's be 1.6, 1.6 engine in it. And... I think there's, I forget how many videos there is, but the, the latest video was basically the completion of it and a rundown on facts and figures, some eye-water numbers for such a small car. But this is Harry we're talking about, where money seems to be no problem. Um, fantastic looking car at the end of it. And if you go back a couple of videos, you'll see, I forget the guy's name, but real old school panel beater making the panels custom. I love with that a hammer shit. and an English wheel. Just like, yep, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of those guys end up coming through like small volume manufacturers, you know, like um, not Caterham, uh, Morgan, mm. and they still do all their stuff by like hand panel beating. And it is, it's a dying art, as we know. Well, this guy's in his 60s, and you, you can't help but think 
who's replacing that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, even if he... I don't see, see a young guy sitting in the corner watching. up or yeah. wanting to. That's yeah. the other thing, too, is very few coming behind that actually wanted it. But, uh, yeah, cool stuff. Finally, uh, just a quick mention of one of my favourite podcasts is General Vander Podcast. And at the minute they have... On Patreon, he has the 12 pods of Christmas, so you have it's behind a paywall. And they have uh, a young fella called Adam McPeak on it there. Was that on it? He just oh. dropped this morning. Uh, ah, very good. So we was chatting to him. I was watching there this morning very early. We had Adam on? We ahead of the curve? We ahead of the curve. <laughs> so fucking get us. Go check that out if you want to get behind the Patreon wall. That. That's interesting, yeah. I take it talking about business and how you Yeah, a lot of topics, basically, what we covered. That's uh, maybe why Adam... Way. That's maybe why Adam dropped that video then the other day. as like where we came from, you know, showing yeah, like the rise of ILB, that kind of thing. Right, yeah. If you don't want to pay, you could just go back and listen to the reload episode. There you go. Do you know the episode number? Because <laughs> no, I forgot not off the top of my head. Yeah, <laughs> I used to know the numbers. I'm too old now. Yeah. So, yeah, that's all, mate, for media. Um, I, I have two here just to finish up with. The first one is actually sort of a practical one. I've been watching, you maybe like this, Connor. It's a guy, American guy Excuse called uh, Roddy Muscle Car. He, Works on his car and stuff. He's like an old station wagon with V8 on it. But most of his videos that are getting the big views is like how to wire an alternator from scratch, how to wire a starter motor from scratch, how to wire your car from scratch. And he's it all laid out on a pegboard with a video overhead. And you just see the hands coming in. And a really good way of describing why you do this, how to do it, what you're using, how to get by on a fix. You know, it's you on the Sloppy Mechanics Facebook page? No. Oh, it's, oh, it's a shit show at times. It's great. But there's some guys on it that are really like, you know, they're not using the best of stuff, but they're very practical and they're doing the things the right way with what they have. And this is one of the guys and it's just, it's a really good channel. So like even things like wiring a fuel pump from scratch, you know, it's everything is done right, which is nice to see. Um, and then the last one is Stance Works, which we've talked about a million times before. Um, do you guys see the latest one they did there with the guys from... Boss Garage. No, so I haven't seen it yet. They had flown down from Canada for, I think it was for SEMA, and bought a truck off them. It was a 55 Chevy, and they wanted to take it home. So they're doing a series where they're working on it for a few episodes and then going to drive it home. But I think it was like a second gen Camaro they got and cut the front end of it and basically cut the front end off the Chevy and welded the two chassis together. Essentially a cotton shot? Pretty much, yeah. Mm. So it shows how they do it. And it's, it's funny watching like... Would that be legal here? Uh, define legal IVA treatment yeah, and, uh, yeah like, but then when you think about it you repair the back axle or back chassis of a Land Rover and you cut it off and you weld uh, it on it is stupid because like yeah. if you chassis not to car technically it should be IVA tested which removes the registration and you like building a kick car from scratch mm. don't be saying that too loud <laughs> yeah <laughs> so I don't know anything about it but like I can cut the back end off Lee's car cut the chassis legs off, cut the whole back panel off, and weld the new one on, yeah. it's fine. It's, I think the thing is, as long as you're repairing it to the same standard as or style as it was originally, that's why you can get away with cutting patches for MOT. But technically, if you modify the monocoque of a car, it's IVA time. Hmm. Good thing we wouldn't do any of that. Absolutely not. We'll move on quickly. Yes. Uh, so yeah, it's funny seeing it. It's shot in Mike's garage, uh, like in his workshop, but it's funny watching guys work totally different to him because there's a team of them and Mike's very slow, methodical. He films the stuff himself and these guys come in and within something like less than 48 hours, the truck stripped and the front end swapped on it. You know, it's all welded, ready to go kind of thing. It's 
impressive work. Mm-hmm. But it's funny seeing him thrown in and then they hit problems. And he's like, hang on, I have lasers I can solve that with, you know, and they're working together. It's yeah. quite, it's interesting because it's a bit like anything. You watch the same thing over and over. You kind of get a bit jaded by Mike doing all this amazing stuff. And it's always the one thing where somebody comes in, you kind of go, well, this is different or he's out of his depth. So that was a good episode. Hmm. But that is me for YouTube. Excellent. Um, that just leads us on to our special guest today. Well, before we go there... Should we talk about our sponsors, Studio 10? Absolutely. Let's yes. do that instead. This is usually the point. <laughs> fuck you, Connor. This is usually the point where uh, we'll describe what he's working on. Because usually it's some very tasty stuff through. But like most people, he's not working at the minute because it's Christmas. The man is taking a Christmas break and he's well deserved. He is. So what we will say is we have something for you, which is a discount in the form of 20% off the Foundation Pro training program. So it's their online training course. So mm-hmm. if you book that within the first two weeks of January, you get 20% off it. We've talked about that. It's not only an investment in your car, but an investment in you and your skills. Invest in your knowledge and skills. But that's not all. There's also, more, Connor? There's more. We have 10% discount on all ceramic coatings if you book them within the first two weeks of January also, and that can be used any time within 2023. Connor, that would be perfect time to book your car in preparation for Dubshed. It would. Which is in the first and second of April, by the way. Which he's probably booked up for. But, well, I haven't got a schedule here, but say yeah, you were planning to do something in the car later in the year, and you want it ceramic coated, say, for even coming into winter or whatever, Yeah. book it now, 10% off. It's all good. Yeah, cool. Do you love a January sale? So there you go, an actual January sale in January, as opposed to Boxing Day or Christmas Eve. So yeah, if you want to avail of that, head up studio10car.care. But not until next week, because he's on his holidays. He is indeed. Well, <laughs> the, website's, the website's still going. Oh, okay, sorry, sorry. Uh, studio10car.care, at studio underscore 10 underscore detailing on Instagram, and studio10 on Facebook, to avail of those wonderful offers. Excellent. We'll not give him any 30% off running like we did with Paul Glennon in the I last Paul's, episode. Paul's now, uh, he's escaped the, he skipped the country, he's bankrupt or something <laughs> after our latest offer we gave out to him. Yes, the man's booked up for a while. Yeah, absolutely. So yes, as you said, let's speak to the... Let's crack on. The Red Bull fan club himself. Welcome, Connor. I think I'll just let the Thank two you. Connors crack on here and then. Connorception. Conception. 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 Oh no, that's a different thing altogether. <laughs> if, we start, if we start talking about special prices for uh, leadership skills and stuff like that. Con artists. <laughs> yeah, so for anyone, that a lot of people listening to this will actually know you, but... Local celebrity. Local celebrity. Local uh, car car show whore himself. I, I mm. Don't, so, know what you're don't know about. about that. Don't know about that. He's a bit like Lee and I. He has a lot of cars, but most of them seem to run. Car show what? elite, I would say. Elite, yeah, yeah, I like it. So, uh, well, not most of them run, but you have more running than Lee and I do. Which is more, two, was it? two, yeah. There you go. Two. We have one. <laughs> um, so yeah, we'll, we'll start off where you should start off at an early age. What age are you? Thirty-two. So you're around our age, yeah. Except Nigel, no, not me. And uh, typically, well, my first car was a Corsa. Lee's first car was a Nova. You were in around that kind of Fiesta Saxo type era. You didn't go down that route. Depends what you define by first car. First car on the road that first I drove. First car on the road because a good company man then. You had a few field cars, Connor. Is that what you're saying? Or sort of. And yeah, bit of both. Never never really used them for motorsport. There's always great intentions for auto testing, but there was never... It's like I had an Astro GT for the yeah. exact same reason. <laughs> I'd rather go and watch my dad crash his car at auto tests instead. But, um, first car on the road then was a 205 Roland Garros. Uh, oh, here. 
Hatchback, nice. hatchback, not convertible. Right, Roland Garros, that would be like the, what would it be? The R line of Peugeot, would it? Uh, special suppose, edition. Special edition. I mean, it was dark, dark metallic green. Really well spec. Leather steering wheel had half white leather seats. Nice so, for you. Uh, lovely, lovely. And that all got stripped out and caged. Right. As, as a first car, um, so <laughs> basically, interior. don't want that. Yeah, exactly. Just sort of realise that you know two fives being two fives, when you touch them against anything lightly, they just go. Yeah. Um. So it got caged. The cage um, is well needed. Well, yeah. I don't know if it was needed, but it was. It was wanted. Yeah, and it was not not fast, not slow. It was it was a strange in between car. A few of my friends had Peugeots when I was just, you know, learning to drive and passing, you know, 17, 18, 19. One thing always stuck out for me, they were light, they handled really well, and they didn't rust. This was probably the rustiest 205 oh, I've ever seen. Is that three out the window? Con- Connor got two out of the three there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've never seen them r- rust on the roof and stuff. Uh, like, it was, it was, Bad. it was rough. Right, okay. Um, but it had a hard life. It was used as a recce car and stuff for stage rallies. Um, and it was a bit abused. But did it was, that come through your dad? Uh, it did, yeah. Ah, yeah. yeah. So we should allude here to the fact that you don't have a normal upbringing either. You're a bit like ourselves where <laughs> no. you have a crazy father who's car mad as well. I, I was doomed from the start. Yeah. Absolutely doomed. So the fact that you're semi-normal is impressive. Well, I suppose. You've went well. So your dad obviously is a big influence on cars for you as well. Yeah, so when I was growing up we always had numerous classic cars. Um projects i suppose for want of a better term and dad was always involved with classic rallying and auto testing and that sort of thing so the weekends i would have been out with him um at auto tests or at that sort of thing and so hope that we got home without the car being completely written off and um, because he used so auto testing minis novas like triumph 2000 oh yeah <laughs> uh so five series size car that up against these small light hatchbacks <laughs> yeah <laughs> So the back end usually was ended up sort of slightly off. Well, I did laugh because when we went to Clean Fest this year, uh, was just after Lee had got her Jetta back out after we cut the back end of it, and everybody was like, "There was loads of people come up to me. I'm like, oh, that's a great job. You're hard like a lion. You know, I wouldn't have tackled that. And your dad was the first person that I met that went, meh. You know, he just was like, I've done that a load of times. And I was like, I fully believe that, Clifford. You know? <laughs> but that's what you're saying is everything at the back end swiped off it. Yeah, like, the, I mean, the time it got really bad, he decided he couldn't fix it and just cut it off. So basically the suspension mounting points are quite far forward. Just cut everything behind that off. So middle of the, sort of middle back of the back arch. Uh-huh. Back. Just chopped gone. off. So it was a green car. And went to MOT with a yellow back end. Fantastic. And. First class. Yeah. Did they question it? Um, I don't know. I think previously he'd had arguments with them before because he'd cut the boot floor out for the spare wheel well and just put a big sob, bit of a sob on it we had lying about instead. And they didn't like that <laughs> for some reason, but nothing structural. Yeah, that's strange. Um, I think they just didn't like the car in general, to be fair. Fair enough, yeah. And it's that kind of thing. If you keep going back, they know you then. You're like, oh, there's this dickhead back, you know, and they'll, they'll pick on you. Yeah, but I mean, that's what I was brought up with. So it was all these triumphs. You know, learned a passionate hatred of Ford from him. Um, a fine man. Yeah. Then sort of went a bit wayward myself. So it was all, you know, it was Mark II Golfs. Mark II Golfs, 205s for me, um, rather than the big triumphs. Was that your rebellious phase? Like, I'm staying with the cars, but I'm not doing what you're doing kind of thing? Or what took you towards those cars? I don't know. I had a summer job when I was 15 and really wanted a big bumper Mark II Golf. 
fair enough. So bought one. Um, just to what what's year would that have been? Two thousand five. You see, your coming of age with cars would have been that era when Volkswagens were starting to get popular. Then, yeah, yeah true, true. Um, but it was. Were you buying PVW magazine or? No, it was always retro cars magazine. Right. Rather than PVW or PBMW, it was always retro cars. Um, and then always, you know, classic cars magazine. What was the other one? Thoroughbred and sports cars. From there's a lot of random magazines. Which we're actually having to clear out in the house at the minute, and there's a. Uh, they need here. to be they need to be catalogued, which is going to be fun. Yeah, I um, done all my PVWs last year, and it's interesting. Yeah, well, it was always always around cars, always brought up around cars, and through my dad and through his friends and sort of family friends and stuff. It always would have been. And did you ever take part in the motorsports side of things, or were you there with your dad helping? They're helping. Got roped into marshalling the old time. Um, but then would have navigated for him sometimes and likes of more target style things. And then sort of competed a bit myself later um, in an MX-5. Uh-huh. Um, but that was more just, yeah, I don't know. I didn't get enough practice to be competitive and then just went, I can't really be bothered. That was a bit like me in the rally days years ago. It was like, I enjoyed it, mm-hmm. but I wasn't, I wasn't going to win, if you know what I mean. You know, I think... Like second place overall in the championship might have been the top I ever got, and it was pure chance to get there. It was a bit of a Magnuson and the Haas, you know, <laughs> fuck we've done it, boys. Yeah, but it was for the skin of my teeth. Um, so what took you down like the the more show car kind of route? Because obviously your dad's more the practical rally car, get it together, get it on the road, you know, I smack it off something. Don't really know, friend. Um, you just kind of fall friend, into sort it. of. And um, I think part of it probably was again. Mark II golfs are always a recurring theme. Then once I got sort of, once I left school and went into uni, that's when I got into like Golf Plus. Uh, remember that? Oh, Golf Plus. That's a magazine. Um, I always preferred it off over uh, PVW. Yeah. It and PVW and I thought, oh, that's what I want to do. So at the time then, after I got rid of the 205 as a runabout, I had a 1.3 CL, small bumper, just nice, tidy car. Talk me, car. Um, <laughs> so Bilstein Coilovers, 13-inch ATS Classics. And Very that was nice. it. Left of that. ATS Classic used to be a big deal. They're still one of my favourite wheels. Yeah. There's just something about them. Darren, um, Darren Lennox from Carrick, he bought a white Mark 1.5 door over from England. I think it was an ex-show car. It was slammed on 13 by... 8 or 9 probably. Something like that. And it was just perfection. It's like we said before, where did all those wheels go? You know, they used to be everywhere. And now it's like... Scrapped. Yeah. Like you get curbed and marked. And they get sold on and sold on and sold on till someone just went, they're not worth anything. Yeah. Ben. Without doubt. I regret selling them. I had nothing really for them. Still like, have nothing for them. But Look how many Speedline Lessos there were about at one stage. Oh, yeah. TSW Stealth. Memorfinos. You know. Yeah. Hmm. So then obviously you had your Mark II. A lot of people would probably know you more for your BMW you have now, which we'll talk about, but... <laughs> Where yeah. did you? Where was the transition to go from like a lightly modified car to going all out? Because the BMW is, for it's not the right term to use for the car the way you use it, but a show car because it is very much a show car. Um, it was a different five series. The start of that, the silver one, the silver one. So I have an E twenty eight as well. Um, so I bought it. Um, two thousand. 11, 12, thereabouts. I think when you joined RMS, that was the first car I remember you having was the E28. Yeah, it would have been it, yeah. So I bought off, it's actually a fella I've kept in touch with and um, would be quite friendly with um, from England. So it was a 525E, so 2.7 automatic, 
not going to set the world on fire, but yeah. nice driving thing. He had painted it silver, like a satin silver, badly. De-locked it, weirdly. And um, it had coilovers on it and 18-inch Type 2 Schnitzer splits. And I got it sort of, it was a pain for the wheels and got the car free, but it was MOT and yeah. it was on the road and stainless exhaust, sounded nice. Um, drove it for a few years as a daily. And that's what made me think, okay. What, what age were you when you were driving that? Uh, 22? That's so cool, yeah. isn't it? 22, like, just pimping around in that. Yeah. Uh, like, <laughs> Shark News 5 Series. Yeah. And that's when they were cheap. That's when they were affordable. I mean, that's the thing about it. Oh, think back to when. Those were. Here, there's BMWs kicking around now. Give it five or ten years. Oh, yeah. It's all going to be. The same shit, like, yeah. But that's that's what made me sort of think, okay, I want to do something. Um, so I bought air for it. Bought Radnox dishes for the Snitzers. Made the wheels far too wide. Wouldn't fit the car. And sort of shelved it. I have a wee 205 rally, we left on drive rally car that's been sitting for a long time. Got it painted and great intentions of getting it finished. And then went, oh, didn't paint inside it. Didn't paint the engine bay. We'll put that in the corner again and sort of forget about it. There's a theme here. There, There's a theme. There's a theme. <laughs> and in between times I had an MX-5 that was the usual thing. Race land coilovers, rotas, decked, garage very front lip. The very office time. Uh, yeah, it was quite fun. Um, and that's the one that ended up as a Targa car ah. after crashing it on a Targa uh, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I had that um, and then basically got a job first proper job in England and needed a daily driver slash runabout so I bought the E34 the 525 Sport and had a month to get it ready to go so that was November time I was leaving in sort of day after New Year's Day Needed to get something ready. So had it. It was fine. First day, you know, slave cylinder went in the clutch. Great, this is how it's going to go. Serviced it in the space of a month, but I had the snitchers and put them together and went, oh, we'll try these on. Oh, they fit the arches quite well. Then basically it was a rapid, okay, I need to put the air in this before I go. So, um... <laughs> and is that a straight swap from the E28 or is that a buttering session? It was it was all a craft uh, well, it was a crafter kit or the, you know the universal kit. Oh, the builder series from Airlift back yeah. in the day. Yeah. So I it was Mike's Mike on Stanceworks did a guide for doing it in the E28 years and years ago. I remember this actually. So yeah. I followed it and spec'd it off that for the E28 mm-hmm. and then went, okay, well, that's not going anywhere, I'll put it in the E34. So <laughs> Christmas Eve, it was done. Lots of air leaks. Never done air before. A big learning curve. Yeah, um, lots of leaks. Then sort of over the Christmas period, got it sorted. Took the snitzers off it, put standard wheels on, went, okay, right, load up, go to England. That that sounds completely normal. A month before you start a new life in England. Yeah. Completely modify your new car. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, It wasn't exactly a modern car to begin with that you bought to go. (laughs) No. And you're like, I'll tell you what, we'll bag this thing. It did. Just made sense at the time. Everything always makes um, sense. And then that year I'd entered Dubshed. Uh, probably actually the first time I'd entered Dubshed, I think. Um, despite having cars that probably could have gone um, to some extent. Um, so I'd come back over from England and literally in the space of being there for well, three months and a bit, this isn't the car for this. So no. bought a car over there. Um, so got my dad to fly over, collect it, and we sort of met up on the way back over for Dubshed uh-huh. and gave myself a couple of days to get the car sort of half presentable, but it was never, it was never something I was overly happy with. It was always something a bit, yeah, just 
wasn't right. Paint wasn't good enough. The interior wasn't good enough and all that. And then a couple of years passed by and thought, okay, now I sort of settled. So in, in between times I'd moved to Scotland and then moved to uh, Dublin or working in Dublin anyway and thought, closer to home, I can actually do something now with this. So thought, never done Ninja Bay before. Let's just do this, shave the bed and this. It's a slippery we'd, slope. We'd already tucked the wires. We'd already done the wiring just to make sure we sort of knew it could work. Uh-huh. So was using it for a while with some stuff out of the bay and then thought, okay, pull all the, pull all apart and have a go. Um, it's a big step that, especially when you haven't done it before, you know. True. Because I remember doing the Mark Three, and I think there's about six different stages with my Mark Three where it was literally a case of, you know, we're going to take a bit out. As you say, you already had like a run and test of it kind of thing. The wiring was moved, but it's still on the road. And then you go, right, what else can we do? And you just keep going piece by piece. But yeah. it's, it is scary. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And that was January 2018. That was sort of property started to. Uh-huh. And it was done for June 2018 for um, Players Classic. Without the interior done. Um, and it, it made it there on a transporter. With the interior sort of set in, uh-huh. and uh, I think I remember. Ah, yeah. uh, like two days before I, I had sp- in the space of the two days before the ferry, I'd slept about two or three hours. Sounds. Uh, I, I think I, I flew over that year with Robin, Matt, and Lucy. Oh yes, I used to fly over one year. I think I did, yeah. Because uh, we weren't there that year. It was just I was for not going. Yeah, like, I'm sure you're the, absolutely the, busted. The morning that the ferry was, we were getting the ferry. I was sitting going, okay, this isn't running. Uh-huh. Um, it was on, it turned, started, no bother. It rolled, no bother, but it had no clutch. Right. So we, when we were putting the gearbox back on, we didn't get the fork aligned properly. So basically the, the slave cylinder shot and just completely just disintegrated itself. itself. And then the master cylinder had also burst. Brand Enough. new, brand new master cylinder. Um, but in fairness, it was the likes of, Derek Cheshire, strangely, uh, Jamie and and Moog were sort of sitting there going, "No, no, you're going. Aye, you you sort of get this. Just get it onto the transporter." And that's the beauty of having friends like that, and we all the same. They'll push on to do the things. Yeah, but again, I can't. Why I went show car route, I can't really explain it. I just yeah. thought, uh, well, one thing about your BMW because I interviewed you on the stage at Eurocrafting about it was, and I actually didn't realize it, you actually retained a lot of the stuff to keep it functional. Where hmm. a lot of my stuff. I'll bin everything and much to Lee's detest. Um, like, I just don't care because it, for me it's form over function, but I'll still use it. But you've retained, you kept ABS in that card? No, it's gone. ABS it, gone. It was a power steering you kept, wasn't it? Power steering, yeah, it's all, everything's there. It's all just moved. So the reservoir and them is typical BM where it just leaks uh-huh. badly. Um, so I got a new, it's a stainless baffled one. And again, just fit it, um, just hidden it. In the bay. It, it was one of those things I've seen that car for years now on the show scene and you always look around it and go yeah but until you were on the stage talking me around the car I was like I didn't notice that before and I didn't notice this before I think the one thing no one notices is that there's no uh, washer jets on the bonnet I didn't notice that before hmm. have you them tucked underneath or on the scuttle panel or on the scuttle they're out of a I got ones off a Rover P6 uh-huh. and just in the yeah. and that's to me that's what I absolutely love about modifying is taking things from other cars and it's that like uh, I pull things from a lot of different scenes and kit car builders like um, car builder solutions the amount of stuff they have in their catalogue is absolutely brilliant mm. for that sort of stuff and it's just having that thinking outside the box to go what, what'll work here or yeah and it 
takes you to sit down because I'm sure you've had this before. People will approach you, oh, can you do my bay or how do I do this? And you need to be like, you need to want to do it is the thing because you need to be thinking not straightforward essentially you know yeah you're looking at like i look at other cars all the time like would that work for that or you know you mentally catalog everything that's true and it's difficult that you sort of want to try and be helpful yeah but i'd never want to do anyone's work for them ever Uh, in terms of i would never take it on for someone else because to charge for it so no exactly because there's stuff in that car that it's fine for me and i know it's it's clearly reliable it's worked yeah would someone paying for it want it i don't, yeah. don't think so yeah i i know what you mean and it comes down to a lot of people probably expect you to produce something in the form of say like mike from stanceworks is going to mm. do you know that he has taken three weeks to do and they'll pay you 20 quid for it you know there's yeah. a lot of that too it's plus it's getting the time you know true it is a labor of love to deep dive that in on a car like that yeah very true so where else did you move to then afterwards you'd done the bay uh, interior then basically the same year I just thought interior is the next thing that's letting it down um, so when the bay was done the whole Gorga painted San Marino blue instead of Avis blue so just a more modern metallic blue and it's funny how the modern colour works really well in that car in the sunlight it it's absolutely stunning yeah it if does. someone told me not being a BMW guy if someone told me I was a factory colour for that car I'd be like yeah you know, it, it suits it so well yeah so that was there was lots of other thoughts about, oh, we'll go Irish green. And then I'm glad I didn't. I'm very glad I didn't. It's a big, big, straight panel car for yeah. that sort of a, just a glossy colour. Um, and then did the interior. So uh, Cobra Nogaro's borrowed the steering wheel off one of the cars in the yard and got everything retrimmed. So Optimus and, and Dell and Optimus did all the trimming. So Harris Tweed, leather, and just done an absolutely fantastic job it's a great job and there's just our own fitting of it so myself and my dad put it back in um, which was fine except the rear door guards where we mangled them put them on oh really so just that extra extra thickness of the leather it just didn't go on as nicely and then just hit them and just mashed the top oh lovely there the rear door guards are knackered anyway Um, underneath the leather Dell said he did what he could with them and Uh I think they're probably if I can find a clean set you would get them redone again get them redone because that's a lot of problems with older cars that you run into. It's like the door cars have got soggy and stuff over the years yeah. and they're falling apart. You had your dash done too, didn't you? Dash done leather. That was a fun thing putting back in. I remember <sighs> refitting because Matt had his done too. Yeah. And they actually, I don't know if you know this, Nigel, they, they thin the leather down. So they send it out to get the back shaved of it to take mm-hmm. it down to like, is it like 0.2 of a mil? Mm. But that's enough that when you wrap it around and you're trying to put your dash plastics back in that it's, it's tight. It's fun. Yeah. Because the, cl- the clocks and the BM aren't still in fully. Yeah, like <laughs> if, you had, in enough. <laughs> if you had a more modern car where the the plastics like snap in, yeah. you'd be a lot more difficult. Where mm-hmm. I assume your BMW is like the Mark II, where a lot of them screw in, so you can nearly get the screws to pull. Uh, t- mostly, mostly yeah. the grills for the speakers on the dash are, but they're still sitting a bit proud. Did you do the dash, or you, you done the dash? Uh, Dell did the dash well, but yeah. but again, I just sent them the bits and then got it all back and went. Oh. I'll build this myself. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah, that was not fun. Optimus interiors are just unreal. Yeah, they're fantastic. That's just you'd yours done the same time as I did. Yeah, and Brian too for the caddy, and Matt. Yeah, Matt as well. I, I Pete, think there was Pete one had, year. Pete had a couple of interiors done. Adam no. McPeak's uh, BMWs. Optimus That's right. Well. It was one year. Dell was telling me there was twenty eight cars indoors at Dubshed that had his interiors on it. 
Yeah, he wouldn't come to Dubshed to put a wee stand up. <laughs> I think the man's just he's too busy. busy. Yeah, I think he's just he, flat I think out. He, it's basically, as Richie was saying, he would want to come, but he's too busy because of the Off cars Dubshed. booked in because of Dubshed. <laughs> Everything's last minute. <laughs> It's funny, actually, that other that Matt's one as well. I have it now as well. That's right. I ah, small world. Yeah. <laughs> so the BM has been on the scene what four years now? Then. Yeah, four years it was about the year before as well. So did Dubshed, did the Real Heart Show in Crescent Temple and stuff like that, and Players Classic actually. And I, I don't think it's yeah. probably it probably hasn't went to a show where it hasn't picked up some form of prize. Whether it's between. You're smiling here, but it's like car of the show, runner-up car of the show, or a top ten prize, say. Mostly. Yeah. Mostly. And that's not blowing smoke up your ass, but what I mean is, it's continually picking up these things, but you've turned around this year and went, oh, it's getting a bit tired, I'm going to take it off the road, freshen it up a bit. You actually have another project waiting in the wings. Yeah, which might not be this year we'll oh, see oh. so you talked you went deep on it yeah well you talked about having a, a mark ii back in the day and the mark ii's were really kicked you off in the the german car scene yeah you've gone back to them roots now yeah so i've i've had this one sitting since i was actually since i had the the big bumper red one uh-huh. so 16 my dad's cousins or my dad was driving it somewhere and his cousin said oh we still have ours do you want it and, yeah mm. okay <laughs> um so it's a it's a it's an early Mark II GTI, so it has the left-hand drive scuttle, the split windows, the Mark One style steering wheel, all that sort of stuff. They had it from new. Uh, it went in fire in about 95, I think, 95. It was an engine fire, but, I mean, the bonnet was warped. Um, but washer bottles, everything, not even melted. So it wasn't that bad of a fire then? No, yeah. it wasn't that bad, but just one of the, you know, the injection hoses for the K-Jet uh-huh. had dozed and just gone to the manifold. Nice. Um, so free car, um, probably too original to do what I'm doing to it, but that's that's too too late now. Well, yeah. we did say earlier about destroying modern classics or mm. future classics, so yeah, that's uh, what we yeah, do. Yeah, it's completely same thing. Based on uh, sort of regret. Well, not regret. Everything on the BM was easier than this. Oh, really? Uh, in terms of working on the bay, everything was just a bit heavier. It was a bit oh, a bit more a, space. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's been it's been a bit of a learning curve. It doesn't help with what you're cramming into it either. Oh no, well, three point two VR. Um, Just casually say that. Yeah, on <laughs> throttle bodies. Yes. Um, so it'll be. I'm not gonna get too excited about the throttle bodies. I think it's gonna make it a bit disappointing. I will. Apart say, from the noise. Yeah. Apart from the noise, uh, you'll certainly not get the same performances as in no. torque figures and that sort of thing. But for doing something totally different you know there's only other there was a guy Garth Spiller years ago had the the Vento with yeah. the 12 yeah. valve on oh, I love bodies. that car yeah it ended up getting broken didn't it yeah so, it, it was raffled and was, yeah. over to here and then it got broke I don't know where the bits went though and there's a white Mark II I've seen American one on throttle bodies on throttle bodies with a VR and it's very it's very well done as well mm-hmm. um, it's very white <laughs> oh, it's very it, white, white and shiny that's Nick's nice car is it next? The, does the polishing? It would be, yeah. yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. That, that's an incredible car. Yeah. We've seen that moreover. And what sort of throttle bodies would you put on it then? Um, they're DG Motorsport, um, German crowd. So um, he seems to do the, Dominic does the kits for the 3.2s and the 24 valve VRs. And Easy peasy, slap them on, away you go. 
Aye, right, so rather than going well, down the road of trying just to like make that. something work. <laughs> it was one of those ones where um, I ordered them and he was he was great to deal with. Very, there was a bit of delay, it was over COVID and there was a bit of a delay with getting them back and getting them over to me and kept on, kept in touch and said, oh, you know, this doesn't happen, this doesn't happen, really sorry about this. And they arrived and they had carbon trumpets. Oh, okay. Didn't you know, order nice, those, but nice. okay. We parked it. Oh, was uh, it just a wee sweetener to keep you right? I don't know. I thought I, I was know. getting just spun alloy trumpets, which I was more than happy with, and then got carbon. Oh, crap, I have no carbon anywhere else in the car. I'm going to have to go with that route. <laughs> Do you watch Driftworks Channel? Um, a bit, yeah. Did you watch him developing the throttle bodies for the Lambo when he was... I didn't watch that extent of it. He was, like, he was all... Uh, 3D printing and experimenting with airflow and all. Like uh, oh. your man Phil, he just really goes deep dive in engineering when he's, he's building stuff. Like yeah, you know? yeah. He's all uh, playing with the length and the width and the angles of them and all. I'm hoping these are grand. I'm getting sort of. Uh, I keep on looking at the likes of uh, Spiller's one, in the Vento, where the the throttle or the the trumpets were different lengths. Mine are all equal length, uh-huh. but it seems to work now. Yeah. I'm predicting the car is going to be a pick of a thing to drive. So it's on still static coilovers, 17s, no power steering, no AP, or no servo on the brakes, and a big heavy engine in the front. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but here, a joy to drive car. Ah, a joy, yeah. No <laughs> you're heater. Not, you're not uh, building it as a track car, you know. No. But the funny thing is, you actually do drive your cars because you turned up here today in the Volvo, but. You, the last time when we were around lifting the gearbox from you, we talked about before, you were saying that you were actually daily in the BMW. Yeah, yeah, more or less. Um, it's going to be hidden in a shed next couple of weeks. Just try and keep the worst of the weather off it, and uh, we try and deal with it. Uh, that it doesn't live inside either. You know, this is a car that could round. It did winning shows. <laughs> I did until you start building a Mark II. Did until start building a Mark II and bought a cheap M3 that has taken up the space. Do you know about that, Nigel? I did not. What what uh, area we're talking here? E forty six. I want to say it was so bad. <laughs> That's a cool project. It's it's not. It's it's officially my dad's, and I've just invested in parts. It's a joint venture, like what you're doing there, Connor. Yes. Yeah. So it has KWV twos sitting for it. Um, nice top mounts and stuff like that, what just color? to make it uh, carbon black. Carbon black, black interior. Um, it has a carbon fiber roof at the minute because it was cheap for a reason so it, um, basically the bonnet hadn't been closed properly bonnet flew up hit the windscreen hit the roof wrecked all of it um, after we'd agreed to buy it and we got oh. it for a bit cheaper yeah that was the, the when you told us about it it was the fact that you guys had bought the car mm. and then it got damaged and it's that age old thing of like when you sell a car like I, I know when I sell a car yeah like I'm paranoid on the mm. rare occasion I sell something I'm like come and take this because I don't want to be yeah. responsible for it in fairness the guy we bought it off it wasn't his fault either it was um, government testing but it worked out well for yourselves it worked out well for us it's got all the parts that we needed pretty much we're pretty much even now at where we were at what we agreed for but um, you have a lot more in the car I not like it's a better car it will be when it's done, yeah. if it's ever done. Is it a long term then? It's a, it's a long term. I mean, realistically, it'll need painted and stuff like that. It, it, I knew it was a bit tatty. So dub um, 24 then? Uh, it's not going to be a show yeah. car, I don't yeah. think. But here's, <laughs> if, it's a car that's gone up in value. You know, it's one of those things that... Well, that's it. You know, I think if... if Yeah, it's like all these things where the subframe crack or mount cracks are slightly there. Uh-huh. I thought, well, we may as well just do them now. Yeah. And it's just the thought of having to lie underneath that and do... Everything I've been doing on the golf. Are you going to do it yourself? Are you buying the kit from England? Have the Greedish kit for it. 
um, and got their mount kit as well. So they have the other, you know, the mounts for holding the brake lines uh, where it goes into the flexi and stuff. They're all rotten as well. If you don't mind me asking, what is the repair kit cost for the rear subframe? Hundred and something. Not that bad, not right, yeah. um, it's just the, the labour to do it. It was in the boot of the car when we got it. Ah. So I, I, I think it's about that, but I'm not too sure. But what I did buy then as well, because it's got solid top mounts in the rear, um, or will have when it's done, is there's a crowd in Germany does, uh, it's basically a, it's a strut brace, but it, it ties into your uh, subframe mounts as well. So oh, you drill holes smokes. in the floor, but it just, just to tie it all together. Well, change, change the car. That's going to be a fun car when yeah. it's done. Should be. I mean, you said V2s. Yeah. You know, Strip, set up properly. Strip it out, set a pole possession with cars. See, that's it? what I want to do. Dad yeah. doesn't. He, it's his car technically, so I, I want half cage, back end stripped out in pole positions. The funny thing is, it's not a car I would ever imagine your dad in. You know, I always yeah. imagine him in older stuff. Then I suppose it is an older car now. But, but he, he drove one when they were fairly new, and it scared the shit out of him. Uh huh. And now he's like, I'm ready for it. Well, I think it's just a case of, well, it's got power steering, so it shouldn't be that bad to drive. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's not like driving a lorry. <laughs> no. <laughs> And he loves us. He has a three thirty D. He loves it. So oh, that's right. Yes, uh, which is even worse in the back end than the M three. Yeah, as in it, it, it like the the gear stick slaps you when you take off from a junction. Oh, lovely! Everything's that loose. But I, I love that the the way you and your dad work together. And I know you just fight the bit out as well. But like, is there a bit like ourselves in regards? You're not working in state of the art conditions, equipment. You know, you you work with what you have. You and your friends get together. You build cars. Your dad's there. The likes of the M3 he's bought were like, well, the roof's damaged. We'll just put a carbon roof on it, you know. And it's like, have you done that before? Nope. Well, we're about to, you know. And that's that's what I enjoy. And it's kind of what we wanted to do with having you on here is tell the stories of the builders, you know, the car builders out there. And it's something we wanted to do a lot of last year and didn't get to do as much of. Yeah, because so, viewers might go to a show and walk past the car and not know... Well, you know, they could look yeah. at your car and think, well, he handed somebody 40 grand and they built him a yeah. car and not know the story behind it, you know. Well, the only people that have been paid were the painter, so Terry, the painter. The and rest of them are still waiting on the money, are they? Much, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Dell and Optimus for the interior. I yeah. mean, the rest of it's been done, bar, well, the exhaust was done as well, um, separately, but just ran it's out nice of It's nice when you in one hand how many people you've had to pay for the car. Yeah. No, well, that's true. So um, the, the blood, sweat and tears on it? Well, I think that's the thing as well. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, it just shows no one needs to have any sort of skill set to do it. Just have a go. We say yeah. this all the time. Um, and give it a try. You and I are very similar in RMS. Mm. Like people saying a bit, oh, I can't do this and I haven't got this. And you're like, well, just go out and do it. You know, I know you might write your car off. You know, you might end up, well, much like ourselves, with a load of projects that aren't finished. But I mean... You're not going to learn any other way than getting in and getting stuck in to do it. Yeah, and if something feels like it's going to break, maybe stop. Don't like, let it just break. You're not a mechanic by trade. You're not no. a fabricator by trade. But you go out and you just make it happen. Mm. That's pretty cool. Well, thank you very much, Connor. All it's right. been it's been fun. Um, as I say, telling these stories is good. You know, some maybe this year, maybe next year, someone's going to walk past your Mark II and be like, "Holy shit!" Not knowing that it was in a fire. 25 years ago you know that kind of thing it's yeah. it's interesting the origins of cars for me and what has happened with them or i i like things with a story and mm. you're always going to get a story especially the likes of yourselves because as i said earlier you named a few guys in your group the potato bread engineering which you brought us some stickers mm. yes cool stickers thank you like we had talked before about jamie hill's mini um all those guys moog has the vr6 mark ii ronan 
The Mark One. <laughs> the Mark One. The Mark Two. Like that's yeah. another ridiculous car. Um, who else? We've got Cheshire's the twenty valve turbo Mark Two. Which everybody might, might see the light of day at some stage. He keeps hinting at it. Yeah, <laughs> but like I don't believe it will. But you never know. It's you know it's it's a group of like minded people that are just like right. We're going to build this and get together mm. and do it. And like we turned up to lift that gearbox and got out and seen the dog and was like. I knew that dog, and it was Jamie. Hmm. You know, up what? What is that? A an hour and a half each way, kind of thing. An hour each way. About that, to come yeah. Up and weld your arches, and then we come and distract you and ruin your day. Well, it was about the same for the. It was the same with the E thirty four. I mean, all the majority of the welding and stuff in the bay was Jamie. Uh huh. Um, and then my dad sort of was. Uh, well, no one will make it sound like he did the, most of the building, but I suppose he did. Like when I was working in Dublin during the week, he was, he was out every day, tinkering at it, doing stuff. Um, Here, that he didn't need to be supervised at. Um, I just let him loose on it and he yeah. can work away. <laughs> Here, well, the other thing is the way I look at it, it's a bit like Lee's car with Lee working away. If you haven't got somebody at home also doing that, it never gets done. Yeah, you know, if yeah. you guys are working away, when do you get the chance to work on the cars and you don't? Yeah, that's the thing. Example being my G60. Yeah, oh, perfect <laughs> example. Working morning, noon, and night. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, just dear. when we're still talking about the BM, I think something that you skipped over there when you were talking that I wanted to talk about was you changed the wheels from the Schnitzers to yeah. something a bit what different. The, well, the Workmeisters. Yeah. 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 That was, was a bit the, of a. I divided a lot of people. Mm, yeah. Um, the thought behind it yeah. um, was I was in, again during COVID and sitting at lunchtime on JD Industrial and went, oh, those <laughs> cool. look quite nice. <laughs> um, I, to be honest, they had actually been the plan when it was getting painted. I was actually going to spec a new set and buy them, but I didn't trust myself to spec them properly because of the amount of balls I made mm. of the snitchers for the 28. Uh-huh. And. Yeah, in fairness, they're running big spacers because they didn't. The offsets are completely wrong. But. It's amazing how well they work on that car. And yeah, they shouldn't work on the car. They're such an aggressive wheel, and they just and the, the it drives much better on those. Is that right? Now? They're see they're a bigger wheel in terms of width with the tire on versus the Snitzer. They're even lighter the lift. Class. Like they're just whether or not they're going to be but again I know I want to give the car a break but it might be about a few things with the Schnitzers on because the Schnitzers really haven't been seen with the the centres redone and frozen silver and stuff ah, like that good point I um, still prefer the Schnitzers yeah, the Schnitzers are still my favourite Meisters are one of my favourite all time wheels but for that car the Schnitzers are I think because they're adding oxidation and stuff in the Schnitzers they'd probably they're, but the problem is after running the works they're a bit they're a bit weak size wise I, I think like it talks a lot of the Yeah. Spacers. Before we wrap things up, we seem to bump each other at the Liverpool Ferry quite a lot. Mm. Um, you would travel to England for shows. Yeah. I sort of know the answer before I ask this. What is your favourite car show? Um, probably Rollhard. Oh, I didn't, didn't guess right. I thought players. Um, no. R- Rollhard blew my mind this year. It, it, it's I think the whole and I hate to use the term vibe but the whole vibe yeah. of, of Rollhard chill, chill music playing through it the whole complex the only thing for me is that they close it very early they do I don't know I don't get that no I'm not entirely sure what the idea is there either um, I think it needs two days definitely um, and maybe not to be 35 or whatever the hell it was, it was oh my god oh, it was so, so hot. hot that was that was horrendous this year I remember <laughs> like we drove over in uh, Robin's Jeep I remember opening the window by mistake every so often. It was like opening an oven door. Oh, brutal. The Absolutely. The was 38 degrees at one point. Well, that was when we talked about going over the 
Jetta wasn't ready, so we took the superb air conditioning. And you know what? It was a blessing in disguise because <laughs> and all those guys God, were that would have been awful. Richie and Stefan in the two hundred SX, no aircon. Yeah. And then Matt and Lucy were in the Porsche and the aircon wasn't working on it and it was just like they were destroyed. The grass was yellow and people were hiding under trees everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> the whole pretty much the whole airfield bit, I didn't yeah. really see anything. No. I just couldn't couldn't make it out there without going that that's too, too hard. Yeah. Um no between that and Players Classic, I think they're both they're both at the top tier of, of what they do, and yeah. obviously locally the stuff you guys do, obviously. Um, Try best. Lick, lick, lick. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I don't know. I think Classic this year just, it was very stressful. Um, not for me, but just as a group, because we were over for Jamie Stagg. Oh. And it was just, what's going to go wrong with the mini this time? I... <laughs> Not only was it a stag, do you guys brought the cars as well? Yeah, brought the cars, and again the temperature was fun. Yeah, um, but we got the best. I think probably the best accommodation you'll ever get for Players Classic. Swimming pool? Uh, no swimming pool. Big manor or something. It was was it? big, big country house, and then the house beside us, um, like Al Clark and Kaisel and all were staying. Ah, so, so yeah, it was good crack. Um, I remember one year the clean, uh, keep it clean guys, Greg and Mike. He, he booked a place with a swimming pool. Seriously? Yeah. That's right, I because Adam and them guys were there as well, weren't they? They had a swimming pool. Adam, the year we came over for Genuine Stag do, uh, Pete and all were saying that they had all the pool wherever oh, they were okay. standing. Okay. I must say, though, like I was going to, I said I was going to scale it back and all this next this year, or next year. It's 10th anniversary Players Classic as well, sort of. I'm, I'm doing good, I'm doing good with it, so I'm not doing Classic this mm. year. I've always said I want to do good, but I don't want to do it. There's threats of doing revival for us, and I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Joe, you know there's so many good shows now. It's so hard to pick. Yeah. That's the problem. Just need cheap ferry prices. Oh, it's never going to happen. No. Yeah. No. Unfortunately, not. Or that bridge. <laughs> the Boris Bridge. <laughs> the Boris Bridge. <laughs> okay, uh, I think we'll leave it there. Thank you very much for, talk- for talking to us, Connor. Thank you. And um, great having you on, and have you on again another time, I'm sure. Talk about the projects of the future. The, the completion of the Mark II. <laughs> Could be well. So, uh, yeah, we'll move on to our listeners' questions, Connor. Well, we're nearly two hours in, so we'll rattle through a few of the questions that we missed on the last episode. I think there's a backlog There is of I. questions. So we'll go through a few of the, the ones from the previous episode, just, and we'll clear them down for okay. that too. Um, a lot of admin here. There is a lot of brain power going on. Uh, Gary Heasley sent one in before he says hey guys what's the strangest Christmas gift you've either gifted or received well I think the Shade 62 oh, the Christmas there's been some probably. good ones in there they're well up there <laughs> I think the strangest one I've ever given was for Lee was a car battery one year yeah it's like the first year we were going out car battery it was extremely practical mm. I love a good welcome. practical present Um, strange I mean my mirrored welding helmet's got to be up there. Oh, the death ray? The death ray. It's, it's actually here. Connor's going to demonstrate it here. Here, that's fabulous. Oh, wow. Definitely. <laughs> you need a license for that. It just says, fuck you to anyone around you. <laughs> Again, that was Stefan last year for the Secret Santa. Yeah. <laughs> um, not a Christmas present, but a birthday present I got one year. I had the RS6 at the time, and Andy Maxwell bought me a fuel canister. Aye. Well, did he did he fuel it up? No. <laughs> <laughs> he says you'll need that. <laughs> what about you, Connor? Anything weird? It's probably weird by normal terms, but like, you know, a full ratchet and socket set, like three eighth 
How could you go wrong to that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, The people you work with probably look at that and go, why? Yeah. As they open their socks and boxers. Yeah. And now I'm at an age where socks and boxers are really appreciated. Oh, they are, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. Um, Robin33, this time last year we had Robin on. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Uh, He says, you have to finish your drink every time Nigel mentions a mod on a car that he was leaving stock. Oh, that burns. That's a deep burn. You'd be very drunk. You would be very drunk. Um, I hope this here's a good one, Connor. You like this? They're all good. What are you talking about? That dot silver dot wagon. What's the worst mod you've done in your car history? Be honest and drunk. So actually, truth. We're not drunk this time, but we'll be truthful. Worst car mod. You could probably look at my entire Corsa and go, yeah, that. But at the time, it was a very office time. Um, I did hide the petrol cap on it. Which was a really good move, as in, like, why the petrol cap's gone, it's cool. But it was behind uh, the back tail light, which was on a hinge, which was also, so you really had the bad boy bonnets where it comes over the lights. The back end was done the same way, so you had to open the boot to then unhinge the tail light to reveal the petrol cap. And you were laughing about this fella earlier, how to take his wheel off. No, it had a cap on it. It's not going to burst into flames. <laughs> I think I've modified all my cars tastefully. You've done yours well, haven't you? No regrets. No regrets. No regrets. No regrets. I haven't really really went mental with cars over years. I'm very OEM plus, so I can't really think anything, really. You'd be kind of similar, would you? I don't know. I'm trying to think. I can't think of anything off the top of my head that I really regretted. Or putting the coilovers in the Nova wasn't really a great idea. Looking back, it was hard on to be fair. Yeah, I know. Regret I bought Rep 17 RSs for the Corrado and had them on for a day and went no and pulled them off again. <laughs> Funny, I've done the there's, same. There's terrible decisions. I, I bought Rep CHs, put them in the bora and went, I can't do this and sold them. Yeah, it's like it just knew when you it was a daily driver, I was like, I'll just stick them on, they'll be fine. And I couldn't live with myself, really. No. Yeah, what about you, Connor? I'm, I'm fairly conservative with the modifications and sort of no. try and keep it. Regrets? Well, no, not quite. I mean, I did buy a set of rotos for the MX-5 and Raceland coilovers. Like it was ticking boxes off there. Ticking, ticking boxes for, for MX-5 <laughs> rotos, uh, fake garage very front lip. Worked quite well. Um, the rotos never broke on me. No. Um, That's pretty good. But would I buy them again? Uh, probably not. <laughs> we have another one there from a guy, Connor Old. Do you know him? I think I might I know that guy. He yeah. says, what car mod... In quotation marks, is the worst crime against taste 4D plates, gel plates, chameleon tint, or something else? I think you've ticked all the boxes there for me. It's popcorn maps. Oh, That's the correct answer. Yeah. yeah, they seem to be surging in popularity in the past year. Yeah, straight yeah. pipe and popcorn maps. I'm gonna put chameleon tint on the superb, and then people definitely think I'm the police. No, because they get shot at. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody throw a brick at you on the, on the west end. <laughs> I don't think it is. Window um, flectors are a top ten, like yeah, top five. I can't stand window flectors. The number plates, yep, chameleon tint. I hate. I hate window flectors, and I hate it even more when you you use a car with them. You go, oh, okay, I sort of see it. See yeah. why? Yes, I think if you were a smoker who smoked in the car, yeah. it's probably quite good. But other than that, for me, they're no. Uh, nothing like the whistle off them though but people do them as a 
a visual modification. They're like, oh, yeah. I've got wind deflectors and that. And I'm like, it's one of the first things people buy. Yeah. Mm. But then it's because it's cheap. You know, it's one Jail, of those things Jail, you're Jail young. Jail some wind deflectors. Dumb. How much a set of wind deflectors? 30 quid. You know, young people, it's just like, oh, stick them on. Unless you buy a four-door and then they're twice as expensive. I would say you could probably open a wind deflector shop in Magerfeld. You probably could. Probably could. Make an absolute fortune. Mm. Uh, who else have we got? Jack Rice, J Rice two eight three. Would GTA and I let you do a podcast in one of the shows this year? Nigel, will you let us? <laughs> <laughs> yes, there we had time. Well, that's we, we talked we, about it before, yeah, and that's we're the full problem. Of talk. <laughs> because we, well, we are GTA and I, I suppose that Nigel is. Um, we're the the, the, runner the runners. <laughs> We, we just don't have time. We've well, had great intentions at several shows, like Eurotreffin this year. That was the whole plan. And we end up just running the show, so we can't. Yeah, that we was do, the problem. We've done pretty well this year. We recorded at MLVW and recorded at Cleanfest. Yeah, we did. Not GTI events, but at we shows. We didn't even have to clean on, or do the boat this year for Cleanfest. Right, it was pretty good. Right. I don't um, think I've ever felt as tired recording a podcast that time. Oh, the boat. you can hear it in the voice in that one. The boat Yay, one was like, oh, we're recording a podcast. <laughs> 12 o'clock at night <laughs> after a heavy for two weekend. days and had no sleep. <laughs> uh, Jack also says, what was the best Christmas present you received when you were a child? Mine had to be anything with two wheels usually. Two things. Uh, when I was probably seven or eight, A-team, young guys will not remember that, I got an A-team remote control van. Oh, that's cool. Mm, that's cool. Here's how old it was. Back years ago, remote control cars, unless you spent a fortune, could only drive forward or reverse and left or something. They oh, I remember that, yeah. It would only go like like forward and left or, yeah. yeah. And then a few years later, I got a, a World Rally Championship ski electric track and it oh. was just fantastic. Imagine having that now. You'd still feel the exact same way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That'd be class. I had a it's actually in the living room. I don't have the remote for it anymore, but it was a wee remote controlled MR2. Ah, uh, the Mark 1. I don't know where it ever came. I don't remember getting it as a present or anything. It was just always kind of around. And then one year we got the. Do you remember the big, like, crazy, like, monster truck with the big dirt tires on them? Oh, but yeah. They flipped over and still drove. Aye, uh, upside down. Yeah, I like those. Is that Rebound 4x4? Something like that. I remember the adverts for them. It was uh, all the crazy music, like, wow! It drives upside down! <laughs> give, give kids a load of coke and record them. Um, We got a monkey bike as well. That was pretty good. We used to use that out in the field. Yeah, that's, I usually got some sort of small motorbike that, you know, you go out and get wrecked on. Dad always liked you getting hurt. He was like, it needs to happen. Hmm. And you get over it and I'm like, oh, okay, just don't die. T- toughens you. Yeah. Yeah. Was Santa good to you when you were a kid? Yeah, I had a off-road go-kart thing as well. Oh, yes. Uh rear engine thing that only rolled a couple of times. <laughs> Growing up in the but countryside like Berlin. Yeah, exactly, yeah. It mm. is a different experience, isn't it? It's it is. so good. Because you just say to the people across the road, can we use your field? Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Better than using the road. Exactly. <laughs> uh, let's see what other Christmassy type ones we have. Ian K. He says he got a new shift knob for the M5. He has an E39 M5. Really nice one. Uh, and lowering kit for the Suburban. So they have a Chevy Suburban. with. I, he'll probably kill me for this. I think it's a big block Chevy. Like a race type engine. It's a, it's a fast thing. <laughs> I think it was Leah's dad's maybe. But it's like a shed. There's yeah. all the aerodynamics of a brick. Excellent. Yeah. 
Um, so that's pretty cool. He says, "What month will it, what month this year will the Mark Three be done?" I hate you, Ian. Oh wow! <laughs> Your hospitality shade on you, Connor. The fucker. Um, dun, 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 dun. Straight from Singapore as well. M five 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 R V Y. Think he's home for Christmas. Yes, I've seen that. Watching a lot of those very nice cars. Very nice cars yeah. uh, if you could have any car reproduced for twenty twenty three, what would it be? Vauxhall Nova. Well, that's obvious. I think the only one that's not going to give a very stereotypical answer here is Connor. Mine's already been done. Tolman have done it on the two hundred five GTI. Oh, oh, that's right. That we talked about recently, yeah. didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if you could buy them as a new. I initially thought Mark 1 Golf, and then when you see... I thought you were going to say Mark 4 R32. That, you see, that would be good. But when you see what happened yeah, with the Mark like 1 Golfs, too. with the City Golfs, how they kind of had to change for regulations that don't really look like a Mark 1 anymore, you know, you could probably backdate them and things like that, but... Um, a Volkswagen Reap just Mark 4 R32 with a charger on it, like produce some proper power. Yeah. You know, or a three point six in it. Ah, well, and a charger on that. <laughs> now you're talking Get up near four hundred horsepower. <laughs> yeah, that would be quite cool. Yeah, there's so many cars. The problem is, do you go whether they're going to meet standard regulations or are they built them to the old spec? Old spec, Mark One, Mark Two, Mark Three. I'm all in. Mm. Yeah, Could is I that company them? that no. are making the escorts now all new? That's right, the mm. MST. Mm. Yeah, Mark One, Mark Two escorts. Mm. And even for the likes of people who have the escorts now, because they reproduce literally every panel, you can buy everything for it, which is something as good as a lot of the stuff is for Mark 1s and Mark 2 golfs. You don't have that standard. You know, the stuff, well, you've probably come across that, Connor, you know, stuff you're having to make from scratch. I just thought it would be much better. I, I genuinely thought German manufacturers would have their shit together. All the stuff. So BMW are quite good for it in fairness, but yeah. I, I'm surprised. You were spoiled from what you told me with BMWs, like aftermarket type stuff and availability of parts. You've been spoiled with BMW coming yeah. to Volkswagen, and now. it's all stopped as well with like, them. Like oh, they've stopped now. So they, yeah, they used to have a BMW parts classic online shop. Um, so you can go on it's exactly like their system in the dealers and click oh body and put your shots number in body and go in through all the part numbers and all the diagrams mm-hmm. all the, and just if it's there you can click and add the basket but they've stopped all that now any reason well they said Brexit for UK orders and then they just shut down the whole thing boom weirdly yeah. nice well that because uh, you were telling me even with the the E34 you could still buy all the plastic trims and stuff brand new which if you're yeah. buying that for Volkswagen stuff it's all repo stuff which is crap yeah um VW Dunners underscore DB Dailies. He says he got a new Carly OBD scanner from Secret Santa. It's a good Secret Santa present. That mm-hmm. good Secret Santa. Uh, it says good. F- works so far for basic work and lights in the dash and things like that. It's handy. Something like that. Yeah. Going yep. MOT, just turn that light off. <laughs> Who would have done just that? Just a bit of black tape to stick over the dash. Uh, there's AJMVW Lee. He says you're wrong. An Audi A2 will be a future classic. He's reinforcing that point. Boo. Um. Yeah, I think that's us for anything. Oh, no, sorry. We'll end on this one. Okay. Uh, Dennis, FF Metalworks, he says, just wanted to, we actually missed this one, came through when we were recording last time. Just wanted to wish you all a Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. Uh, Santa's sleigh is broken down. What vehicle does he replace it with? RS6 Avant, the dual power machine. Yeah, probably not going to argue with that. A Julie Ram. 
Probably not going to argue with that. <laughs> Hillbilly Santa. Yeah. Mm. Be just like the sleigh, all the presents in the back. I like it. Mm. And a ram's kind of like a reindeer, so. Ah, true. It's got horns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know what I would pick for that, but you guys have picked well, I think, mm. there. Plenty of power, plenty of space. Yeah. It's hard to argue with. Stefan would probably pick some sort of truck, like Scania or something. I don't know. Maybe I thought you were going to say some sort of hammer type Mercedes from Oh, well, Brabus. probably that, yeah. But it would have to have some slow diesel in it for Stefan. All oh, right, sorry. Um, and then the last one from Dennis there, then uh, another Christmas inspired one is Fuck, Mari Kill, Stuffing, Ham, Chips with Gravy. They're all good to me. You see, this is why he's done this, because he knows that I love that combination. And ah, he's like, I'll let you answer it then. <sighs> Marry chips with gravy. Fuck ham and kill stuffing, because I don't really like stuffing anyway. Stuffing could take or leave, yeah. I, mm. you the same, mixed, same, same, yeah. Mixed together, it's all good, like. I'm going to have to say I probably agree, but it kills me. Because, like, the chips and gravy you'll eat, well, I was going to say every day, but you wouldn't eat chips and gravy every day, but it's the more everyday thing to eat. Uh, along with ham and stuff and you don't get enough of throughout the year unfortunately I do love a good Christmas dinner and once again we're back to food <laughs> I love it <laughs> on that note I think we'll wrap things up Yeah. Uh, big shout out to Connor for coming on thanks for chatting to us thanks for having me um, do you want to give it your socials uh, yeah it's just at Connor Old with one N C-O-N-O-R yeah and your build threads are in RMS modern as well they are or less. just about just yep. about sort of half kept up to date um, you've put a lot of stuff on your Instagram as well don't you sometimes I, I don't do detailed photographs though I, I, I just don't I don't have time your build patience. threads are good though <laughs> your build threads are good you, yeah. you get a good read through of what but you're up to but you know the way people usually do like a photograph by photograph of here's how I did this no. please look at me <laughs> not, not going to get that <laughs> okay thanks again um that wraps us up for another year. This will come out in the new year, so happy new year. Happy yep. new year, everybody. Happy we'll back to work. Year. We hope to continue into 2023 and per- continue to provide the podcast for you as long as you enjoy them. We enjoy doing them. Um, thanks for supporting us. Thanks for sending in the questions too. We will yep. get the rest of them in the next one. Mm-hmm. Um, our socials are at Reload Podcast, and then individually we are at Maxwell House 46, at Connor McCann, and at VDubboy. And that concludes us for today. Thanks very much. See you next time. Cheers, folks. Bye. Bye.